are listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast. Nice. My name is Tom Chick, and I have with me, I forgot to explain to him how we do our intros here, uh, but I'll let him introduce himself in a minute. But first, as usual, I also have with me, take it away, Jason McMaster. Jason McMaster. <laughs> that was an exciting well intro. <laughs> yes, thanks. <laughs> and now, I didn't explain this to you, Bill, you now get to introduce yourself. Awesome. Um, okay, I love. I'm, I'm I'm being put on on the spot officially. Uh, oh no but, no, just just say your just say your name. We don't need like a CV or anything. Oh okay, this is William Abner. Oh. Uh, now, now what we used to do, or what I thought we would do each week, is when we start, and I screwed this up, we would mention something that is not our game of the week. Oh uh, yeah, that's easy. All right, I will go first. As I said, my name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not uh, Raid on Bungling Bay. Oh, nice. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay, and now I can't remember the game that I didn't want to pick, so I'm just going to pick another one. Um, Cities XL. Nothing personal, Cities XL. All right, Jason McMaster's game of the week is not Cities XL. William Apner, what is not your game of the week? The game that is not my game of the week is, is Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Revelation, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw that you were playing that, and I was like, oh, poor Bill. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, wait. I wanted to say The Haunted Hell's Reach. <laughs> Are you sure? I want you to think very carefully. <laughs> Why? Is it, was there, like, a really rad update I missed? No. No. You, what, <laughs> what you saw is what you got. Uh, I... <laughs> Yeah. So, so, Bill, I, so I can get my Assassin's Creed uh, Venom out tomorrow on our podcast? Is that how that's going to work? Oh, you can do, you can, Bill, we, uh, so for folks listening, Bill Abner is, I go way, I go way, way back with Bill Abner. I think I knew you when, in your teens. Yeah, just a young pup. Uh, and Bill Abner, I'm a frequent guest on uh, the podcast he does for Game Shark, and so Bill Abner and I will be doing uh, another podcast tomorrow. So this is like, I guess, part one of the yes. topic Bill Abner week. And I don't know. That's 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 just too much awesomeness. I think. I think it, that's just too much good stuff in one week. This it, soon after Christmas. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know what cosmic effect this will have, but we'll find out. <laughs> um, now, Bill, before we start, though, uh, yeah. uh, I need to delay a, a couple of ground rules. I want to give you. Dang, you're throwing new stuff on me. There's ground rules. This There's is ground rules. This is very. This, these are serious ground rules. There all right, are all right. Three topics you are not allowed to talk about: uh, Dark Souls, hey. your your okay. hand. Okay. Ah. And, <laughs> I'm sorry. And also uh, sports. Okay, well, sports, that, 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 that's easy. That's fine. That's fine. My hand is actually healed, so that's totally fine. You just, you just broke the rule. You talked about your <laughs> you caught Actually, that. no, I'm totally kidding about all of those. I'm glad to know that your hand is healed because I know that must have been – you it had – it that must have been terrible. a huge pain in the in the in the hand uh, for you. Well, you know, being doing being the whole writer thing and having ninety days of not being able to really do much of anything, it was awful. Right. Well, well I'm glad you're happy. Days. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, really I, terrible for me too, to be honest with you, because you wouldn't type back to me on. No, uh, I wouldn't type with any, and it wasn't just you. I mean, it was. Everyone. Oh, I know, but and it's would, torture for me. I would I would stack these uh, these chats with like like one word. You know, it was literally like. <laughs> No. <laughs> yes. yeah, I, remember. I remember quite well. <laughs> well, we're all glad to know your hand is doing well. Uh, on the on the subject of sports, 
Uh, I did want to ask you, Bill. Gee, how about that game? Well, it was awesome. Awesome game. I they, no kidding. They don't get any better than that. I really, that's what I thought. McMaster, are you with us on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. So I'm glad to hear that we, we see eye to eye on that. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, you coach, is it a girls basketball team? Correct. Okay, here's the only thing I know about sports except how to say, how about that game? Here's something I think I know about sports, one of the few things. Is it true, and this might be like a one of those dated urban legends that's no longer true, that when pictures of women's basketball appear, it's always a photograph of the women like sort of sprawling in this ungainly manner after the ball, or they look like they're stumbling, or that, that there was some sort of a photographer's conspiracy to deny women from looking athletic and graceful when they're being photographed playing basketball? Well, first of all, the fact that you have seen a women's basketball photo means that you know more about sports than you're letting <laughs> on, because those are hard to come by. You know more about sports than I do. <laughs> you, don't, you don't find those very often. You know, not, no. uh, not a terribly popular game, the women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you're talking professional, I mean, you can get away with college, uh, but yeah, professional. Uh, it all depends on where you are. Like, if you're in if if you're in Connecticut, that's that's a little different. They're they're pretty True. crazy about their women's basketball, but not a lot, not not very popular. Now you have a team, right? You have a girls' basketball team. Yes, it's my daughter's team, and they are fifth and sixth graders. When they appear in photographs, do they look athletic and graceful? Well, you got to understand these are fifth and sixth graders. Not all yeah, of them they're... are athletic and or graceful, so it's kind of hard. To, it's kind of hard to pin that down. All right, fair um, point. My daughter is extremely athletic and graceful at all times. Well, of course, she's your daughter. Exactly. <laughs> Flawless. All right, good. I'm glad to hear that. And with that, we're now closing the book on sports talk. Done. I to, but no Dark Souls too, really. Now that I'm serious like, about. Good lord, every, no, Bill. Everyone's heard you talk about Dark Souls for. <laughs> I haven't been on this podcast doing that, though. doesn't matter. It gets around the Internet. This is like a new audience, right? I mean, you – the, the amount of – There's time, like three people I think, <laughs> that don't listen to your podcast that listen to this one probably. The, the amount of time that you spent talking about Dark Souls rivals the running time of Shoah. <laughs> and, it, and it has a similarly sort of oppressive effect on the listener, just so you know. I, ju- I just have to tell you this, Bill. Take it from me. You probably should lay off because, man, League of Legends backlash is harsh. I would say one thing, I'll be done. Okay. All right. Best, best game ever. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I feel, I feel partly responsible because I've l- talked Demon Souls up so much. You and. <laughs> You and Brian Rao. You and Brian Rao are are the absolute reasons why I got into both of those games. But I'm done. Now that you mentioned Brian Rao and I are totally rad, so I mean I completely understand. Well, let's actually let's get it. This here's an opportunity for you, Bill. we didn't do our podcast last week, so I haven't talked to uh, Jason T. McMaster in the last week. But okay. uh, since Jason T. McMaster, you and I did our last podcast, I have chosen my, my game of the year. It ended up being Bastion. Uh, I would be curious to hear from both of you. And, Bill, I was on your Game Shark podcast, and we talked about some of the best games of the year, and somebody read a list that you provided. <laughs> that, that, so let's talk about Did they really read the list? They weren't uh, supposed to really read the read You know, the maybe list. it was maybe it was board games. I, to be perfectly honest, no, I, I sent Brandon like five games just off the top of my head. I didn't know he was actually going to read them. Well, Tom was so geeked on methadone during that he won't remember. <laughs> <laughs> 
Methadone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I don't, I don't do anything less than 100% heroin, McMaster. Where's, where's this methadone? <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. China uh, White. Now, let, let's I, – I am curious to hear from you guys. Would you – now, Bill, I think you would because you've – this is a, an article you put together for Game Shark. I want to hear what your pick would be for your favorite game of the year. McMaster, is that something you would be able to single out at this point? Oh, sure. I always put together my list, but I'm too lazy to actually type it up. So. Okay. Well, I want to hear from both of you guys. What were your picks for your game of the year? Uh, Bill, since I know it's something that you've addressed recently, why don't you go first? What would you choose as your favorite game of 2010? Well, I just said Dark Souls is like the greatest game ever, so it's definitely the greatest game of 2011. Okay. Not or 2010, whichever you prefer. Or 2010, yeah. I'm just Which, Whichever Tom wants. You know, 2010, <laughs> I'll have to think back on we that. We can one. roll it back a year, you know, that's fine. <laughs> and given, Bill, that you have barely done half of the achievements on Dark Souls. See, that's maybe, a bunch of crap. No, that's maybe, a bunch. maybe you're going to want to check on you. Maybe Bill <laughs> might want to actually finish the game next year. I don't know. Well, no, I mean, Brent. <laughs> Brandon gave me hell about that, you know, uh, but I never even look at those. I mean, there are, you know, the whole secret, secret achievements and how right. Brandon always laughs at me about that, about how there are no secrets. Well, there are to me. I don't go online and look them up, right. you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to upgrade all my weapons to plus 10 just to get a 20 point achievement. But yeah, but so, okay, so that hours would... played is all that matters. Right. And right. that would be at the top of your list for 2010, I guess. Yeah. 2010, right. 11. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And 12. Why not? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, 20. Good Lord, what years? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought Bill was screwing up, and I was laughing. No, it was totally no, not no. me. It was totally you. <laughs> it's all you. <laughs> and the fact that you didn't recognize it after the fact makes it even better, really. Yes, it really does. <laughs> it really does. Our crack team of engineers will edit that out. Uh, <laughs> it will come up like, hey, Bill, what's your game of 2011? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, McMaster, what would you put at the top of your list for the year? Uh, this one was tough for me, um, but Witcher 2. Ah, very good. That's yeah, good. I think it's the game that um, other like it was. It was tough because I really enjoyed Saints Row 3 like a ton more than I expected. Hmm. So uh, that was almost it. But yeah, Witcher 2 just uh, is such an impressive experience. McMaster, that's a pretty highfalutin pick, and I have to say, I'm I'm proud of you. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, a, we're a bunch of, like, non-mainstream bastards, I guess. <laughs> the Dark Souls. Wait a minute. Yeah, I thought... <laughs> <laughs> that is... Yeah, I thought one of That's us was... Golden triumphant right there. One of us was pick Skyrim. Who didn't pick Skyrim? What, what's going on here? You guys are doing There's it. There's our Call of Duty love. Come yeah. on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, no, well, but, before we get into our format, uh, you are known you, – you run two websites, which I think is a little insane because I have a hard enough time just running one, and it's not even uh, a website. It mostly runs itself. Uh, but you run two websites, and I'm curious. You are known on your podcast as uh, – I think I got this right – the swizzle stick that someone left in <laughs> a coffee mug. <laughs> that is exactly right. Well, well done. Yes. <laughs> Is there a question there, or am I just supposed to agree? Yes, so you run, you run two websites. What well, is going sort of, on there? Sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of. I mean, No High Scores is, you know, it's just our blog. Um, I don't necessarily think I run that site. I mean, that's that's a uh, cooperative venture, whereas Game Shark, I pretty much call most of the shots for that one. But No High Scores, oh, yeah. is, no high, <laughs> no high scores is a little different. Let's say there was a civil war at No High Scores. Yes, okay. 
Who would have the biggest army? I would. Well, it's Bill. I mean, come on. <laughs> Mainly because the site's in my name. Well, there which, you have it. Which has something to do with it. I thought it would have more to do with the fact that you actually play strategy games. Uh, so that no. you would know you would know that sort of thing. No. Todd does a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I've heard him talk about Civ Five. He he sort of flounders around. You uh, you've done your term of service. I so Bill. I don't know. I hope this doesn't count as stalking. I looked up your stats on Steam. Oh like, God. Yeah, I know. Is this is really? this stalking? Yeah, I did. You, here's, you do this. Yeah. Well, here's what I <laughs> here's here's a dirty little secret I found out about you, Bill Abner. Okay. The, your game on Steam that you've spent the most time with. Do you know this? I have the faintest idea. Civilization Four, by far. I would believe that. Yeah. What's wrong so, with that? Nothing's wrong with that. I just think, uh, you know... I put a lot of time into Shogun uh, as well. I'm surprised that's not up there as well. It is up I'm... there. And, and even Empire, <laughs> you know, which is the one that I hated. Yeah, I hated I did, too. <laughs> I, did, I really did, too. It's funny how um, my, uh, my, my Steam time isn't really all that... All that high. Uh, it's amazing how much, um, as much as a PC gamer that I, I am, how much more time I've put into console gaming the last couple of years. Right. Well, yeah. you know what? You're like the industry in a microcosm right there. Yeah. yeah. I, I need know. to uh, figure out what I've played the most. How, how do I even do that? Uh, McMaster, what you, you played? You looked up my Steam information? Oh, I he'll did. do it. Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah. Uh, McMaster... <laughs> <laughs> what, what you've played the most is no. uh, uh, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm fumbling the name of it. What's that that cheesy shooter from the '90s with Julie Strain in the lead role? That heavy metal theme. Oh, right. oh my God! <laughs> Fakk or whatever it was. Yeah, called? yeah. It's like Facker or something. That's I was gonna oh, try to. I, I couldn't get the bat off my shoulder and think of the name of what that was called, but I was gonna accuse you of spending the most time with that. So, by the way, you know what it is. So there you go. Busted. Yeah, I know that's like the most pathetic part of the whole thing. I was gonna point that out. I mean, which is worse that you knew that or that I actually knew it. But, yeah. <laughs> Bill Abner, do you know who Julie Strain is? No. I'm not sure. McMaster, not, yeah, I'm not sure. Should we believe him, McMaster? Or do you think he's just saying that? Oh, I don't believe maybe, him. Yeah, it's like his wife is in the room or something, I think. He's like a. Uh, you're the manliest man. I can't believe you would know who Julie Strain right. can I, can I Can I Google that? I mean, if you don't tell us first, yes, you can. And then you have to pretend. You can, uh, Google it with uh, safe image safe search turned off. Oh, one I, of those. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was pretty skinamax tastic. <laughs> okay, yeah, I I I don't know who this person is. Uh, those were back in the days. I think that was uh, Gathering of Developers. Didn't they publish that? That was one of their like uh, cheesecake initiative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, they they were pretty sweet. That Gathering of Developers. <laughs> Uh, but she was in Horror Tales 666. Well, duh. <laughs> That's the breakout role. Now, Bill, I also want to ask you, you apparently got... For She's six- like 50 years old. What's wrong with you guys? Oh, my well, God. Now? Bill, yeah. Right. When I was a teenager, she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tom, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, people were very different ages in the 80s, Bill. Uh, yes. <laughs> weren't we all? So, Bill, one of the things you got for Christmas you uh, mentioned on uh, No High Scores that I'm curious about... What is this Eclipse board game? Oh man, it's um, hot stuff. It's already uh, you already can't find it. It's sold out. It's one of those things that the, that first run is is already over with. And if you want to get it new now, you have to buy it for like 150 bucks. And there are board game people that'll do that. 
but really <laughs> it's um it's people have for a long time wanted to play that epic 4x type space strategy game master of orion board game thing that didn't take them six to eight hours which is what twilight imperium is known for mm-hmm. this oh, yes. is this is that same idea but the time is shrunk down to where you can actually play it in an evening. To where you know, if you're going to play TI3, that's something that's that's an all day thing. You know, you have to get your friends over. You have to tell them, hey, clear your calendar. You're going to be here from noon to eight. You know, this is not quite like that. It's um, but still, it's very epic and it's basically think think Master of Orion tabletop. That's not six hours long. Now, is it a lot of Euro abstraction kind of stuff, or is it, is it sort of Ameritrashy? It's a, it's it's a it's a mix of both. But it's I mean, it's definitely very confrontational. My spaceships are on the board, and I'm going to blow you up. Um, it doesn't have a lot of the political intrigue stuff going on that's in like Twilight Imperium, which mm. is kind of what makes that game last a damn long. Right. Um, this is more of a straight up, you know, research your technologies. You can customize your ships, you know, put your cannons and get your shields where you want them, and send everybody out and and fight. Like it has tactical level combat like that. Well, it has it, it has it to where your ships matter. It's not it's all it's not all cookie cutter. I mean, you have there's there's all these little technology chits, you know, and and. It's like Master for Ryan. It's the best way I can put it. And, and a gameplay level, is it sort of along the lines of Chaos in the Old World? Like, is that a close analogy? No. Okay. Uh, uh, why is, is it so... It's a, it is a unique game. And why is it so hard to get? Is it a small publisher? Did they uh, just not... Yeah. Exp- um, I think Asmodee is, is, is the publisher in the States, and they just, you know... Board games are like that, you know. Sometimes, unless you're, you know, from Fantasy Flight or something like that, where they make just a billion copies of a game, there's all these limited runs, and that's not that uncommon. To where? Have you tried it yet? Have you been able to break it out? Yeah, I have it. Uh, actually, I have it on the table right now. Um, hey, but you've I, actually had a game. I've read the rules and kind of ran through it some. That's normally how I like to learn games. Um, you know, because I, I I have a regular group that I play with, and I'm I'm the guy that'll get the game, break it down. I'll play a solo couple turns of a game so I can actually explain it, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. You know, speaking of that, like, have you have you guys heard of Vassal? Sure. Oh, please, McMaster, welcome to the 19. 1990- what? Well, I, I play video games a lot. I don't know. I have no attention span. Or any <laughs> yeah, sort I, I've of actually, I've heard of it, McMaster. I've never used it. Uh, our, our our all of our mutual friends, uh, mutual friend Bruce Garrick, uh, yeah. I think. Uh, actually. You know what? I'm confusing it with that sh- uh, Schwein Hund or what is Riedel, that thing? Spiel, Spiel, yes, yes. Bread Hund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Vassal's kind of like that. So, how did you just run into this, McMaster? How, how is it that you are only now finding out about Vassal? Yeah, where did that come from? Uh, because you're talking about board games and I never have anybody to play with, uh, I've been looking at Vassal. I don't know. I just like. Uh, That's somebody's... a great way to do it. Um, the only thing about that, Jason, is that. It doesn't do like the rules. It's not like you're actually buying the game. What it'll do is it'll like if you're playing a war game, it'll give you the map, it'll give you the pieces, but you have to know what you're doing. Oh, well, I mean that's fine. I okay. mean, yeah, I mean that's cool. I mean, so it's just basically a a visual online representation. Yep, is all yep. it is. Yep. So yep. like you, yep. that's exactly. What oh, okay. So I guess that's how they don't get the bejesus suit out of them. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, there you have it. And, um, and people will like make modules for it and stuff. And there's a lot of games. Um, I know that a lot of people play stuff like Camera of the Scots and Twilight Struggle and all that stuff over Vassal. 
Well, yeah, because I, I was thinking about like Dominion and uh, stuff like that. That'd be really fun because I know they. I, I looked it up. They have a Dominion module. What? I hate you that hate game. Dominion? What? Yes. God, I hate I, I, I'm with him, McMaster. I'm afraid. I'm sorry. Uh, do you guys hate Puerto Rico? Just out of curiosity, I mean, do you hate Pretty Jesus? Much, yeah. Oh! <laughs> like the board game Puerto Rico? Yeah. <laughs> yes. How do you, how do you feel about like, Haiti? The actual place Puerto Rico is not that bad, but yes, the game. I, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. <sighs> how about Carcassonne? Seriously, you're going with these 1999 Euro game masterpieces. You know what, Bill? Yeah. Hold it, Bill. At this rate, he's about to ask us if we know about this game called Monopoly, I think. Wait, watch this. <laughs> keep, keep going, McMaster. What other okay, games? Yes. Continue, Jason. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I would like to say, though, I uh, I wrote about this briefly, and I've been fiddling it with it a little. I actually got some mileage out of my Wii lately by wow. playing this import. Wait. You mean the console, right? Oh, McMaster. Very I'm good. sorry. I'm sorry. I had to. I should have had a rim shot queued up for that. Well played. Uh, no, there's a there's a, a Japanese sort of Monopoly version of Monopoly called Fortune Street uh, that that was just published here. Um, it's been going for a while in Japan, but it is. It's kind of like what if somebody took the basic tenets of Monopoly, this idea of territory control and and uh, you know moving around a board, and if they added a little card drawing stuff to it, and if they added a speculative stock market. Uh, to it, um, and there's a. It's not an actual board game, but there's a video game based on those those ideas uh, for the Wii, which I've been playing a fair bit. So basically, what this says to me is, ladies and gentlemen, the Christmas rush is over. <laughs> well, this is actually. <laughs> Let's talk about Christmas rush. So, <laughs> Bill Abner, that's what you you came away with a copy of, of Eclipse. I, I also uh, was covetous of the coffee grinder you posted an image uh. of. Awesome. Looks very good. Uh, yes. McMaster, what did what what did you come away with out of Christmas? Oh, jeez. Um, Let's see. I, I got a you know a few small things. I got some jackets, uh, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> what what of interest to me and Bill? <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's see. Cash. <laughs> that's, you know. Uh, you know. Some. Yeah. That's about it that you guys would care about. I mean, I can show you the jackets. I'll take pictures. They're they're nice jackets. McMaster, you didn't get a video game or anything fun? Did you get any action figures? <laughs> you know what? I think my mom bought me one of those air guitar things. Making me very sad. Um, well, what? I, I'm, I'm a completely ridiculous person. I buy everything I want the second it comes out. <laughs> so, like, everybody hates buying Jason, stuff for me. If you don't know, Jason lives like two and a half hours away from me. <laughs> Um, and, and it makes me very sad to know that you don't have anyone to play board games with. That makes me kind of die a little on the inside. I mean, we have yeah, a regular group. You can drive up here whenever you want. I might do that, we can, actually. We can, you can. We can introduce you to things beyond Carcassonne. And Thunderdome, apparently. Uh, now, I, I actually, the thing was, is like I, I went into this mode where I bought like a lot of the top 50 games on Board Game Geek. See, that's dangerous. Board Game Geek's a dangerous, dangerous website when it comes to that kind of crap. Because well, it's dangerous because I have money. Well, no, it's dangerous everything. because they are trying to convince you that games like Agricola are like one of the best games of all time, and that's just insane. It's you know what? I got, I got burned on that. I bought like, Yeah, so did I. Back when I first got into this hobby, and I, and I figured that Board Game Geek was the holy grail of information, and then when you realize, wow, it's really not. Um, and I kind of fell for that. So you have to watch well, out for that whole top 100 game nonsense. Duh, don't. Now, 
I really like some of those games. I honestly do. Like, uh, but the idea yeah. of doing what I did sounds like what you did, looking at that saying, well, gee, this is like supposedly the sixth best game ever. This has to be good. Kalos got me so bad. Oh, God. Kalos is evil. Jesus. I bought that. I bought that game, and no one will play it with me in the first yeah, good reason. Because I keep try, I would like set it up, and everybody just stare at it and groan, and I would just I just break it back down and put it away, and then yeah. we would play something fun like uh, you know, yes, entertaining. That's right. Uh, the problem with some of those games, and, and Kalis is an example here, it's a it's a sort of a, a classic instance of a formula that I think has been done better and with more personality in other games. Uh, however, because it's so revered and because it is a classic, it, it gets rated highly. But McMaster, uh, instead of Kalis, you should try to, uh, and I hate to tell you to get another board game because it sounds like you, you've already got too many. Uh, but instead of Kalis... Uh, I like or so. <laughs> yeah, I'm ridiculous. Instead of Kalis, I, I think an option, uh, what, what folks should go for in that Kalis slot, is uh, Carson City. Oh, Yeah. Same kind of game. Kalis is about, as you know, building a cathedral, and that's not right. gonna that's not gonna you know set anybody's uh, what's what's a, what's a little idiom I can use here. Uh, that's not gonna burn anybody's biscuit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, whereas Carson Carson City is uh, a western. You know, it's got like shootouts, and you're building like drugstores, and you're making a an old western town. You know what? It's uh it's the board game of Deadwood. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and so when you set that up, your friends aren't going to be looking at a uh, cathedral building game and going, "What? I don't. What's going on?" <laughs> oh, you know. Speaking of being completely behind the time, I was talking to Bill about this earlier. Um, I just started watching The Wire. Oh, yeah. it's God. really awesome. Yes, I cannot <sighs> participate in this conversation yet. One of these days, I will be. What? Uh, McMaster, have you? I seen thought the- I was the oldest holdout ever. Of like. <laughs> No, I haven't seen The Wire. I have, however, caught up on, uh, you guys will be glad to know, I'm caught up now on Modern Family. How do you feel about yeah, that? I like, I as like am that I. Show. As am <laughs> I. Quite a bit. I just got caught up on that as well. Uh, who's yeah. the... Yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, you know, okay, I'm going to ask this. Uh, since, since uh, okay, here we go. Who is the hottest chick on Modern Family? The wife. Uh, yeah, Jay's wife. Yeah, come on. Don't, uh, don't no, 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 no. I think the blonde is. Oh, really? That's, that's when you say the wife. That's what I thought you meant. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Is don't most people pick Sofia Vergara because she's like the standard sex pop? But Julie Bowen is just so good. And she's so talented. She's very attractive. And, I mean, you're wrong, but uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know. All right. Well, I'm glad we all agree on that. Uh, right. <laughs> so, so McMaster, give me about uh, you know six months to a year, and I'll be probably be able to talk to you about the wire at that point. Yeah, trust me. I know everyone on earth has probably said that it's the greatest thing ever, and they're right. They're right. All right. It's is, it, is it greater than Dark Souls? Ooh. Mm, see? Mm. see I, but, yeah, Bill, I mean, come on. What can you do? You <laughs> Bill, did I, just, did I just shake up your world? You really did. You really <laughs> did. I'll be thinking about that the entire show now. Okay. Well, while, while, you're, while you're reeling, uh, McMaster, what is our format going to be for the podcast today? You know, uh, let's go ahead and uh, start off with a bit of the news. Ah, news of the week. Uh, <laughs> I'll, be- go, I'll, I'll go first. This will be interesting. All right, what is your what is your news story of the week, Jason T. McMaster? Well, I began uh, chuckling fondly to myself when I read a news story earlier that says that GameLoft has reverted their one of their apps back to paid from free because of complaints. 
They received so many complaints on the iPad Store. If you don't know who Gameloft is, uh, Gameloft is a company that kind of makes a whole lot of alike games for the iPad. Oh, you know what? When you say that, McMaster, I totally know who you're talking about now. Yeah, right? You know, it's Dungeon Hunter. You know, (laughs) instead of Dungeon Siege or Diablo, it's Dungeon Hunter. Or or Spacecraft, or they have a StarCraft kind of RTS. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they have this brawler called Hero of Sparta 2, and all of their games lately have been released as freemium models, and they're (laughs) god-awful. So it's like you have to pay for everything. You know, you can't, like, advance in the game unless you pay. So basically, there were so many complaints and so many low ratings that they reverted and removed the ads. <laughs> so Wait, so it's no, so you now have to pay up front? Yeah, but there are no more ads and there's no more freemium stuff. Ah, because the model was sort of getting in the way of people actually playing the game. They'd rather just pay their money up front and be done with it. Right, because like for instance, um, now I haven't played Dungeon Hunter Three. I've just downloaded it, but reading through the reviews. Uh, supposedly, you have to pay to buy your skills with real money. That's uh, that's the free to play model for you, I guess. Actually, that's, that's pretty harsh. You have to buy quests. You have to buy you know, stuff like that. It's like it's not really a game per se at that point. Yeah, it's like a it's like a gumball machine, <laughs> right? <You know? laughs> uh, Bill Abner, what free to play games do you enjoy? Oh. um... Free to play games that I enjoy. Well, not technically. Mm-hmm. All the ones he gets from publishers. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. Me too. I don't pay for games. The hell are you talking about? Um, no, as far as that type of model, I don't get into that. I really don't. Um, I tried, but no, I, I just can't do it. And that's actually kind of um, piggybacking on what my uh, news story of the week is. Oh, well, why don't you take it from there, then? Uh, All right. Um, the, uh, the headline is, BioWare Docs Defend Subscription Model, T's free-to-play iteration of classic IP. And the idea being that BioWare still thinks that the $15 a month subscription model for games that aren't called Warcraft can still work. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that that's, that that's true, particularly with what the old public really is. Mm-hmm. Um and oh, yeah, it is a single-player game. <laughs> if there, if there is a, uh, if there is an MMO now that is out there that has really succeeded to the point to where what Bioware wants the Star Wars game to do that has not gone free to play, I'm having a hard time coming up with what it is. Can you guys think of anything? That's, I mean, that's not Warcraft. That has the kind of subscription power that what they want the older public to do. That's not free. I mean, Rift? Does that count? No, I don't think Rift. Um, I, I think Rift is probably doing fine, but I don't think I don't I think mean, they'd be happy with Rift numbers <laughs> being no, Bioware. Absolutely, EA, you know? absolutely. You know, and this first and this first week of release, it's unfair to judge because remember when Warhammer first came out, that game was huge. That oh, first yeah. week, you know, all these subscriptions and everything, and slowly, slowly, it goes away and it goes away and it goes back to everyone's playing Warcraft. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm curious to see what Star Wars does, but the but the idea that that Bioware feels just because they have the Star Wars license that they're going to be able to charge 15 bucks a month over the long haul, I think that's a reach. Oh yeah, I I agree with you there. I think that I, I think the one thing that they have going for them is they have a depth depth of content. 
But the yeah. thing is, it's like I, I think they'll have a pretty good attach rate for the first few months. Sure, so do I. And again, I don't want to get too much into this because this happens to be my game of the week. Um, but oh. uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, Tom, I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are. You are you're an MMO player. Uh, only so my thoughts about whether or not uh, Old Republic can sustain the subscription sustain. model. You mean? Yep. Uh, you know what? I'm a minimal player, but I'm not much of a uh, – the, the business side doesn't interest me that much. So uh, that said, of course, my answer is I don't know. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the, the trend clearly is towards free-to-play models. I mean, I mean the subscription uh, – yeah, I, I would not be surprised to see EA having to slip back like they did with Warhammer yep. into a, a different model for Old Republic. Uh, they'll, they'll milk it for a subscription fee as long huh. as they can, of course. Um and I've, I, you know, I noticed. I'm sure you got this as well, Bill, and you probably as well, McMaster. But you know, EA was sending out a press release touting the numbers, and they were wanting to paint yes. a really pretty picture mm-hmm. about how awesome the debut was and how it exceeded expectations, and that's to be expected. So we'll, we'll see if the wind comes out of their sails over the next few months or not. Um, yeah, uh, the actual the the quote from Bioware that I thought was interesting was um, the idea that free to play will take over all other MMO business models is ridiculous, which, again, I'm trying to think of the ones that it hasn't already taken over. So uh, are, are you guys Riff, going to... Yeah, I mean, Riff for sure, but, like, there's a couple out there. Actually. Help me out. What are they? I really... I mean, I know that DC... I think, DC is Vanguard? For, is Vanguard for... Vanguard is under their uh, Sony Station Pass, I believe. Vanguard's oh. still not... That game's still not live, is it? It can't be. I played oh, it, it this last year, yeah. Vanguard, Vanguard is, still is still around... Well, of course. I mean, they, 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 it's on autopilot, pretty much. But you know, they're not. There, there are no, there are no add-ons coming. But, There's uh, not a rush out of the channel. channel. Are they charging for that? Like fifteen bucks a month for Vanguard? No, 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 no. It's under Sony Station Pass. You know, if oh, you oh, sorry, yeah, have yeah, access yeah. to okay. every Sony game for whatever amount. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, like uh, like Pirates of the Burning Sea, I think, is also under there. Oh, and uh, isn't. Uh, no, well, DC Universe is, is different, uh, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's still around, but it's not it's not a fifteen dollar a month thing. You know what? I'm gonna think Rift, of the ones that are Rift and World of Warcraft is that's I'm sure we're that's, missing something, aren't I we? I know, and I, w- I was trying to think of this when I saw the article here, and I I really can't come All up. All right, with what was that stupid um, Lord British one? Tabula Rasa is that dead? Yeah, it's dead. They, they okay. pulled the plug. Right. That's that's actually gone. Good, good. Um, uh, what was Warhammer, the, Warhammer's free? Camelot's free. Is Lineage Two uh, free? I have no idea. Oh, uh, it doesn't matter because it's Korean. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely. I mean, you know, Bill, you're right. It's it's the the trend is definitely towards free to play. And uh, are you guys going to GDC this year? Say yes. Um, I haven't been invited, so I don't know. Maybe. Bill, do you ever go to GDCs? I have never been. Oh, you're missing out. Well, at any rate, Bill should just go. If, if you guys are going, been, I would like to go. GDCs are great, and uh, I'm actually hosting a panel at GDC. Uh, the premise of which is that free to play does violence to the design uh, process. I um, should host a panel. That would be awesome. No, or I'll be on a panel. Uh, well, we'll come on out and uh, we'll, we'll get you up there, McMaster. Todd's going to Sweden, by the way. Throw that out there. I don't think they have GDC out there. They don't have that. They don't have that. <laughs> but no, but he's going for business. He's going for games. He's going to see Paradox. He's going to right. stay in a castle for like three days. Oh, oh good. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, isn't IGF at the same time? Isn't like the award show and everything? 
Yes, they have, uh, I think in the last day, they have their award ceremony. I'm one of their judges every year, so I, I should probably go. But it's funny, because I, like, I get invited to IGF, but not GDC. So it's like, why, why would I go? <laughs> so it's like, well, the only reason I'm invited is because I'm hosting the panel. Like, I don't, I don't think I would otherwise uh, necessarily... Uh, be there myself but um so at any rate i uh i i think free to play is definitely the trend and i object to it i do think it interferes with the design process um for instance i have jumped into lord of the rings online a few times since it went free to play and it, it's really annoying one of the advantages of that game is that it's got this great immersive world building that turbine has done and when you're getting nagged for nickel and dimes here and there it it it, it it breaks that immersion, I feel, and it does damage to the design process. So, uh, you know what? Play World of Warcraft and Old Republic while you can before they mess it up. So, okay, let me ask you this then: like, do you have? Do you not have like a press account for that game for Lord of the Rings? Uh, I did, but I'm not sure how they do that now that it's free to play. See, like, I what I'm thinking is that you get the paid version of the account, which means you get the regular version. So I, I didn't That's know if I'd. I, I didn't know if I'd seen any stuff when I'd logged in a few Oh, times, no, no, no. So. When, you, when you play and you go to do things like like sell your equipment or crafting, or there, there's all the little ads and the little buttons you can press to buy Weird. stuff, and uh, the, the interface is very – you know what? Maybe I just wasn't logged into a, the right account or something, but the interface is constantly giving you options to buy stuff and spend your Hobbit points or whatever they're called. Uh, <laughs> Troy points, good fellas. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that uh, when we get to Bill's game yep, of the week. Yep. Now that we know what it is, sorry, yeah, spoiler. But first, I have a news story. Newbie for you guys. mistake. This is okay. a, this is a, this isn't much of a news story. I just thought it was kind of cute. So, uh, Skyward Sword, the new Zelda game, came out, and I've no desire to play it. Thanks in part to uh, Danielle, who writes for No High Scores, uh, and Brandon, who also writes for No High Scores. The things I hear about it from them, they're like. They just uh, cement my lack of desire to play that game. However, wait, Danielle likes it, right? Danielle, Danielle is 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 an enigma. Um, Dan- Danielle's an enigma, truly but truly is. And reading between the lines, though, the things that yes. she points out that it does make me realize it's not for me. I'm not, I wouldn't put up with some of the stuff that Danielle puts up with. Um, yeah. She's and, a very kind person. Uh, she's kind. She has different priorities than some of us, and uh, yeah, so she, different things appeal to different people. That's fine. She she likes it, but I hear her complain about things that I know would drive me batty, and I have no desire to play Skyward Sword. Also, Skyward Sword apparently shipped with a weird bug where if you did quests in a certain order, yeah. you could basically lock yourself out of progressing in the game. You could basically yeah. shut. It was, a, it was a terminal bug. You could shut it down. Now, Nintendo for the Wii, they don't really do patches. All right. So you're kind of out of luck, except uh, they they sort of came up with a way around this. You can now download for your Nintendo Wii a new channel, and the channel is called the Zelda Data Restoration Channel. Oh, <laughs> <Wow>. snap. <laughs> All right. That's a great channel. I would surf to that. I would so watch that, like you wouldn't believe. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I love their their sort of the, the way they had to, they were driven to these sort of semantic shenanigans to patch Zelda Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, uh, and you get a whole channel there. All right. So so if you're playing uh, Skyward Sword, not to worry, you're not going to get stuck. Yeah, there's a channel to the rescue. So there's my news of the week. McMaster, where are we going from here? 
Um, well, we can do our posts. Yeah, games is always a good ender. It's so sweet to end on the, you know. All right, who's, who's going first, McMaster? Call someone out. All right, Bill. Mm. Me? Yeah. Wow. Post. Okay. Um, so this is our post of the week. Again, I'm just trying to get. Yes. I'm just trying to get format down. Yes, post uh, of the week, and and just to let. Uh, we're doing something a little different this week, and to let folks know, the Internet is a huge place. So your post of the week doesn't necessarily have to come from quarter to three. It can come from another forum. It can come from a, a message, a comment in a message, in a, uh, like a comment section. It can even be a blog post. Basically, something that was posted on the Internet uh, that you want to highlight as your post of the week. So that said, Bill, what do now, you have for us? Uh-huh. Now, do I read the entire post? Do I give you don't, a synopsis? No, you, you don't. You can whatever you want. Yeah, if you just want to tell us about it, there will be a link to where people can uh, click and look at it themselves. Oh, okay. If okay. there's a, a piece of it you'd like to read, uh, it's, it's however <laughs> you'd like to do it. We just want to know, Bill, what, what is your pick, and tell us about it. Again, apparently this is, uh, for me, it's Star Wars all the time this week, as um, mm. my... Uh, my post of the week is from No High Scores because, again, you know, I know how big the internet is, but I basically read quarter to three games start on No High Scores, and that's pretty much it. Uh, so, because when you when you run two sites, you have limited time. Uh, but um, a a regular poster on No High Scores um, named Kyle Kyle S um, was responding to uh, Todd Todd Bracky had 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 written um, a uh, a pretty lengthy post. About some of the pros and cons that that uh, that he saw in the older public, and that was sort of a follow-up to my initial story where I talked about the first few levels of playing the game and how I wasn't really into it. Todd Todd likes it more than I did, but anyway, Kyle responded to uh, to Todd, and one of the things that Todd said is that he had played 10 to 15 hours in the span of two days, um, and he's uh, he's been playing the game a lot and doesn't really understand why he's so hooked on it. And then Kyle responds, and I think he kind of gets right to the heart of of, of a lot of MMO design. Um, he called it the uh, dangling carrot design, and the fact that the people that design the MMOs, they, they know how to push buttons. They know how to get gamers to continue playing even when what they're doing is mind-numbingly tedious. Um, and I think the actual line that uh, that Kyle said was that MMOs have the innate ability to make normally intelligent people play mind-numbingly tedious games for months on end. And really, that's that's kind of how I see a lot of MMOs um, working, uh, particularly the way that uh, that 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 old school design for MMOs is set up. Now, I don't necessarily mean some of the newer stuff, like um, I know, you know Tom and I. I think both had a good time playing DC Universe Online. Um, I, I really liked that game because of the combat model, basically. It felt like an action game, mm-hmm. whereas the Old Republic, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I I think calling out that uh, for kind of what it was, was was interesting to me. And then there was a whole thread. People kind of took off on that and called called Kyle a dick, but that's that's okay. <laughs> well, you know what? So let, let's break this down for a second. I want to because uh, Kyle's point, I certainly understand, uh, and, and I think that where I sort of get caught up with that is when he uses the term mind-numbingly tedious to describe what is, for many people, gameplay. Uh, you know, if you can see through that gameplay, anybody can see through gameplay. In, in any kind of game, whether you're playing Call of Duty or Civ Four or Jason S. McMaster's favorite game, League of Legends, if you are reductionist enough about it, oh, you sure. can describe it in a way that makes it sound mind-numbingly 
tedious. Uh, so I think it's a little unfair that Kyle uses that that terminology, but I do agree with him that the art of designing an MMO is the art of you know that carrot based design. I think that's the phrase that you used. And how do you tailor that? How do you how do you create a game to that mindset? Um, but I think using a judgmental way to describe it, like mind-numbingly tedious, that, that would be a, a catching point for me. Uh, I've been playing a, and we'll get to it in a minute, a mind-numbingly tedious game lately, and I don't, I don't consider it tedium. I am enjoying what I'm doing. I, in, in fact, think it is fun, and I'm doing air quotes right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> can, can you guys see my I, little... I, I can't. Oh, I, 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 I can feel it in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I love what Kyle's getting at. I, I just would take issue with the way he's phrasing it. Uh, uh, okay, I'm with you. Uh, all right, so uh, Kyle S.'s comment uh, to Todd's reaction to uh, Old Republic. Uh, I did see that, and I, 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 I appreciated his. So people are calling him a dick because why? I think, well, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Um, yeah. That, uh, it's being somewhat condescending. I was that because actually that is one thing about no high scores that I have found to be kind of shocking is that um, we get a fair amount of comments on there, and it's the most civil gaming discussion that you're likely to find almost anywhere. Um, it's it, it's a very you know it's funny. I think I think probably the most abrasive person that we have in the comment section is Barnes. <laughs> I, I knew what you were going to say before you said it, Bill. And I love Mike. I do. I think he's great. He's That's because I don't most, comment. <laughs> he's by far the most abrasive guy we have on the, in, in the comment sections. Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically Kyle comes out and blasts Todd, and then Mark, this guy named Mark, who's a big fan of the game, just all he says, you know, that, that post couldn't be more condescending if he tried. Um, and that was that is that's pretty much it. I mean, right. there is there is no dick calling, which is nice. But the thing is, like, uh, I... I, I, you know, I, it's a type of gameplay that I start, I think I, it's more transparent to me than many other types of gameplay. Like, like I so see through that, that MMO model. And you know what, again, let's table that because I think we're going to get into that a little bit when Bill talks about his game of the week. So, all right. So, McMaster, who's next for post of the week? Uh, would you like to go, Tom? You suck at MCing because the MC is like running the show. You and he's go. Not, he's you. not asking. Well, I guess we could do post. Who wants to go? <laughs> so, well, well done, McMaster. That second way you did it, I like that. Go, Tom. Fast. Thank, thank you, thank you, Jason T. McMaster. Uh, okay, my post of the week. Uh, again, uh, like like Bill said, the internet's a big place, and I read about maybe three or four sites on that big place. One of the sites <laughs> that I read. Uh, is our good friend Troy Goodfellow's strategy gaming blog, Flash of Steel, and he's Absolutely. been running an end-of-the-year series with the horribly unimaginative title Holiday Guest Blog. <laughs> what he's done <laughs> is he's asked some of his friends to contribute. Uh, oh, crap, I have to do that. I'm sorry. Oh, Bill has a deadline that he just Oh, remembered. my God. <laughs> uh, so one of these that, that was contributed, uh, and I, I wonder if maybe I'm... Uh, I'm not impartial to this because I love what this guy does, but Bruce Garrick wrote one that for some reason was called Counter Mix. And I, I hate that title, too. I don't know what's going on there because uh, it's the most boring title for what's actually underneath the headline. And what Bruce has done, and when I describe this, it's going to sound really boring. You're going to think, well, I would honor read that. So bear with me for a second. But what Bruce has done is he's written about a module for advanced squad leader that he bought, it was apparently like one of those rare modules, that he bought for like 100, 100 bucks in a game store. And the module is about a battle that takes place in a town in Russia during World War II called uh, Kolm. 
It's C-H-O-L-M. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. So right away, I, I see that, and I, my eyes start to glaze over, and I'm like, who cares? Advanced squad leader, some obscure battle in Russia. It doesn't matter. It's a hardcore game. It is, and it's a hardcore game. And uh, Bill Abner, have you ever heard of the Battle of Kolm? No, that's a new yeah. one to me. I don't think anyone has. Uh, no, no, Bruce Garrick has. Bruce Garrick has. <laughs> that's not surprising. Enough no. <laughs> He would pay $100 for this ASL module. And I can understand that, by the way. I paid over $100 for this 70s uh, board game for Lord of the Rings that I got from eBay at one point. Uh, not Actually, that's I'm just throwing that out to try to get some nerd cred. I don't, I don't know if that went over or not. Well, I'm just, I can't talk about money spending. <laughs> yeah, there you go. At least I didn't buy some collector's edition of Gears of War 3. How about that? But no, <laughs> no. I, I, don't want, I don't want my wife to listen to this and get her blood all angried up <laughs> listening to my ridiculous ass talk about all spending right. money. Well, I won't, I won't out you, McMaster. Uh, <laughs> right. but so, so Bruce bought this, this module for Advanced Squad Leader, and what he wrote about in this entry uh, is about how the creator of the module got the idea for this particular obscure battle. And more to the point, how the guy who made this module got help from two different men to make it, one of whom was a historian, and another is, is just this guy who visits, visits battlefields. Uh, and these two guys helped this guy make the module. So what Bruce writes about is ostensibly about advanced squad leader, but what Bruce does so well is he makes it, and not in a gratuitous way, but he makes it about himself. Uh, he makes it, uh, you, you can see little insights of who this Bruce Garrett guy is, even as a kid at times, uh, in writing about why this is significant, that this guy made this advanced squad leader module and these two guys that helped him. Bruce tells this great little personal story about why it matters, and I just want to read the very ending of it. Uh, Bruce closes by writing, I spend more time than I care to addressing the idea that war games are somehow immoral or insensitive or gratuitously violent. Now, sometimes, when I have the time and patience, I try to explain that maybe an interest in historical gaming can lead to a better understanding of history and therefore of people. It never occurred to me that you could approach the problem from the opposite direction and through an understanding of people make a contribution to the preservation of history, and thus somehow to gaming. And for that to make sense, I invite you to read what he writes about how these guys created this advanced squad leader module, uh, because that's the subject matter of what Bruce has written. But what it's really about is how this one guy, Bruce Garrick, relates his life and his view of the world to this thing that we call you know, a hobby, video game, video gaming, and, and even calling it a hobby, it just feels like, Video gaming is oddly big for that word, uh, and it's I love reading Bruce struggle with that. So that's my post of the week, Bruce's uh, counter mix. <laughs> I'm not sure why it's called that uh, on Flash of Steel. I will read that. All right, uh, McMaster, what do you got to top that? Well, I don't know if it'll top it since you know Bruce, but um, I'm sure everyone, or at least a lot of people at this point, have already heard about this story, but. Um, have you guys seen the Penny Arcade uh, uh, Avenger controller, Paul Christosoro, or whatever his name is? Uh, Christoforo, sorry. His, uh, the, the epic, um, horrible customer service uh, from a few days ago? Uh, I have not. Epic, horrible customer service sounds fun, though. 
Oh, it is. Jason told you I only read like three sites. That's it. Oh, okay. all right. Was was so, this on was this on Flash of Steel, McMaster? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, no. Uh, this was on Penny Arcade, mm-hmm. uh, but it was uh, in the quarter to three forums initially. Um, is where I saw it, and um, if you follow the link, you come to. Uh, a story about this guy trying to purchase two uh, controllers uh, from this company called Avenger Controllers. And he wants an estimate on when they'll ship, and he uh, pre-orders like a couple of months in advance. And everything keeps changing. And uh, so, um, after a few days, he, you know, he sends an email, and he's like, hey, listen, uh, I'd like to know where my stuff is, you know, you've had my money for a while, I really would like them as a Christmas present, this is on December 16th mm-hmm. uh, he gets a email back with one uh, statement that says December 17th, and it's st- signed by Paul Cristoforo that's, you know, that's a little baffling, so you know, we'll skip to the good part anyway, there's a little bit of a back and forth and uh, the guy's just like, not very helpful at all and uh, so uh so I'll start here. This is Dave inquiring about his controllers. I noticed the updated info on the webpage, and I don't understand why there's absolutely no benefit given to those like me who have already ordered and paid their money. See, at this point, uh, they've offered a $10 off coupon for anybody that orders, but it's not applying to people that pre-ordered it mm-hmm. and haven't received it yet. Uh, and he says, uh, pay their money. You've had money and interest free for nearly two months, yet now any new order will get $10 off, meaning I should just cancel my order for two controllers to get my money back and then reorder. Uh, and then I'll skip the boring part where he asks about controller compatibility because it doesn't really matter. But here's the reply that really uh, starts off the whole thing. So this is the official customer service reply? Yes. What, what's the name of the company, McMaster? Avenger? Yeah, well, it's uh, Ocean Marketing, which was hired by Avengers. Okay. All right. So here's but, the, you know, Avengers is going to get blamed for it, of right. course. So here's the the official reply on behalf of the Avenger Game Controller Company. Right. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, no one is allowed to cancel and reorder. If we catch anyone doing it, we will simply just cancel your order altogether, and you can buy it retail somewhere else. Things happen in manufacturing. If you're unhappy, you have seven days from the day your item ships for a refund. You place a pre-order just like any software title that gets a date moved due to the tweaks and bugs not being worked out, and GameStop or any other place holds your cash. And I'm sure you don't complain to Activision or Epic Games, so put on your big boy hat and wait it out like everyone else. Now, I'm reading these as sentences because there's only like three periods in the entire email, so there's hardly any punctuation, and it's horribly misspelled. The benefit is a token of our appreciation, which, wow, that is a hell of a spelling for that. For everyone, no one is special, including you or any first-time buyer. Feel free to cancel. We need the units back ordered, like 11,000 units, so your two will be gone fast. Maybe I'll put them on eBay for $150 each. Have a good day, Dan. And the guy's name's Dave. (laughs) (laughs) This is the official response. Great. That's lovely. That's very nice. Uh, so the guy comes back, and at this point, he copies Kotaku, um, Penny Arcade, um, IGN, just like several places. And he has this huge post, which I'm not going to go over here. And uh, I'm just going to hit some of the highlights, basically, because these are these are fantastic. 
the response from our good friend Paul Christoforo. Lol, lol, lol. Thanks for the free PR. I know the editor-in-chief of Kotaku, IGN, and Gadget. I'll be meeting them at CES. The noise complaint... This guy says something about how he has a... Uh, never mind. Okay. The guy has like a... He, he has a video promoting the product where apparently there's like a lot of noise in the background and he's complaining about it. Like, why wouldn't you reshoot that? Anyway, it's a side, it's a side thing. Um, and he says, send that over to Engadget. You look like a complete moron swearing and sending your customer service complaints to a magazine as if they will post it or even pay attention. Do you think you're the first or the last? What are they going to do? Demand us to tell you where your shipment is or ask for a refund on your behalf? Really? Welcome to the Internet. Son, I'm 38. And here comes a statement that will live in history. I will website as on the internet when you were a sperm in your daddy's balls and before it was the internet. Thanks for the welcome to message word up. That's one statement. I know. Uh, it's hard to keep it together reading this thing. Sorry. But uh, anyway, it goes uh, back and forth. And at this point, Mike uh, Krawalik, who's uh, Gabe on um, Penny Arcade replies with, holy shit, this is unbelievable. Dave, if this guy has a booth at PAX East, we will cancel it. And so uh, <laughs> Paul responds with, hey, Mikey, we're not renting a booth at PAX East this year. Bigger and better shows to be at. We got nothing from the show. Oh, so you know this guy has sold over $500,000 of product in December and is my main distribution arm landing us in GameStop, fries, my all this crap. But... And he goes, like, who are you again? And this is the point where I'm like, are you, are you serious? You work in video games. Now, I, I know not everyone will be the biggest Penny Arcade fan. If you work in video games, you've heard of PAX. Well, all right. So uh, this this guy, I'm guessing, probably won't be representing... Uh, oh, no. It goes on forever. I'll stop there. Uh, but it, he gets in kind of a shouting match with... Penny Arcade, and then I guess he goes and Googles Penny Arcade and comes back and goes, oh, God, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he sends an email to Gabe again and says, you have the power to make it stop. Please make it stop. <laughs> All right, so it sounds like a PR fella got in over his head. You know, that can always be entertaining. Uh, poor fella. Yeah. I kind of feel sorry for the guy, though. Uh, if you read this, you wouldn't feel too sorry for him. He kept calling <laughs> right. the customer a moron, and uh, it really does. Uh, there's there's a lot there. Uh, well, it just goes to show you get what you pay for when it comes to PR. <laughs> yeah, well, you would think <laughs> check this guy out. Uh, you know, uh, Kotaku Googled his uh, his email address and found him on a steroid forum, talking about how he was like taking steroids. <laughs> I don't know. You think that maybe if you're going to hire a guy, you you do some due diligence. Very unpleasant, it sounds like. Uh, (laughs) All right. I I don't want to say anything. I don't want this guy to be mean to me. Oh, yeah, I don't care. You can come (laughs) to me. All right. Uh, So if you're listening, uh, whoever you are, the steroid-using fella, that was Jason McMaster. Yeah, I live in Cincinnati. I'm, I'm sure you're fine at your job. I'm sure you do a great, great work. As a matter of fact, if I had a product, I would want you to represent it. So, uh. yeah, he yeah, sounds like he does all the good, you know, the customer schmoozing that everybody really likes. I mean, so McMaster, his email is your post of the week. 
Oh yeah, yeah. The whole th- the, the whole thing. It, well, the, it's really oh god. It, it's an epic saga. I mean, it really does. I, it hit hit, hit Kotaku really bad. Uh, of course, it's just like I do kind of feel sorry for the guy now, but he is kind of a dick. You know what this says to me, McMaster? It says to me that this is a slow news week. Well, this was this was posts. So just <laughs> no, no. I, I understand. You know, places like Kotaku and Penny Arcade, oh, they yeah. need. You know, if there's no news, make news. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I guess the whole point is the guy was totally being a jerk. But uh, in a way, you do you want to really unleash the the hounds on really anybody? <laughs> yeah, you know? I don't think you're going to keep leashes on those hounds. That's my advice. Because uh, they're, of course, harassing him now. You know, home phone calls, et cetera, et cetera. So. All right. All right, poor guy. We'll see how that turns out, though. Maybe he'll turn it around and everyone will love him. We'll find out. Uh, McMaster, let's move on to games of the week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, as our MC, who's going first? Um, well, Bill ruined his, so let's go ahead and get that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's a newbie mistake. I'm sorry. Now, oh, my God. What I think I like here is that it sounds to me like Bill... Is is making the wise choice. He's not mistaking game of the week with necessarily something that he loves. Am I sensing That's, that correctly, Bill? And yeah, absolutely. So, Bill, uh, tell us about your experience with Star Wars: Old Republic. <clears throat> well, you know, I uh, I didn't necessarily follow the development of this as close as I should have um, because I thought after after Warhammer, and and for those of you that don't know, I am a I'm a, I'm a huge Warhammer geek, which uh, Tom always needles me for. And um, if if Warhammer wasn't going to hook me as an MMO to where I would play it over the long haul, then Star Wars wouldn't need it because you know I am I am really Star Wars out, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like how I'm Middle Earth out. Um, I'm just tired of all that stuff. As much as I loved Star Wars as a kid growing up, the the quote unquote new Star Wars movies, which are now like over a decade old, which is weird. Uh, sort of turned my stomach on the whole franchise, and then to see what they've done with it since then hasn't really helped. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really follow it all that much, but then when they started to throw codes at me saying, hey, play it for free, I'm like, well, all right, what the hell. I'll, I'll, I'll log in and give it a shot. Now, Bill, let the me jump la- in here real quick and ask you, yep. did, were you, did you play the Knights of the Old Republic games? Yes. Okay. Yes, played them, um, thoroughly enjoyed the first one. Uh, the second one, I liked it, but being an Obsidian game, it wasn't finished, and you just kind of roll with that. Okay, <laughs> so so it was only after then that you sort of thought you you were Star Wars out, like those. The yeah, Star Wars yeah, yeah. Worked I mean, you know, Kotor's. How old is that game? Like two thousand two, three? I mean, two thousand and late. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, yeah, it's really been a while since that was out. So so yeah, since then, over over the last several years, it's it's definitely kind of set in for me. Right. But I like I like yeah. I like the. Uh, the first night's game because it was set sort of in a different time period, and I, I know that 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 the older public is set in the same same vein. Uh, but I didn't I didn't follow it much, and I, I I started to play it. And the last MMO that I played with any regularity was DC Universe Online, and the only reason that I did that was because I found the combat in that game to be really good. It was it was exciting. You know, it, it felt more like an action game than what the MMOs generally try to do. Um, 
It was completely so, separate from the World of Warcraft model that's so familiar to lots of people. There, yes. there, was, there was there was no point. There were almost no points of commonality in terms of like the moment to moment experience of moving around and fighting and stuff. DC Universe Online bucked the trend. It felt completely different. Yeah, and that is why I I played that quite a bit. I mean. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I kind of got burned out, which I usually do with these games, but man, I really was into it there for a while, mm-hmm. uh, because that game did a very good job of making you feel kind of like a superhero. So, Star Wars comes along, and I'm excited, you know, all, even though my Bioware love is nowhere what it used to be after after Dragon Age 2, which I thought was abysmal, um, and I'm not the world's biggest Mass Effect fan, uh, Still, I'm going in. I'm playing for free. Let's see what it's all about. Took me two days to download the damn thing. <laughs> but I finally started playing it, and I played it for a couple of hours. And then it hit me that, wow, I am basically playing World of Warcraft with blasters. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just stunned me that this is what, that this is what BioWare has done with it. Um, I didn't see it at E3. I think you did, didn't you, Tom? Didn't didn't see the game? Yeah, but those are always hard to demo. I mean, there's not oh, much sure. you can tell from a demo of a, of a game like this. We'll have an no. idea of combat's going to right? I mean, sure. I yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I knew how it was going to be, yeah. And, man, I started playing it, and I'm going around, and I'm playing a bounty hunter, and literally I'm pressing one for a blaster, and I wait. And then I press two to do something else. Like no, it's like the rocket launcher thing. Like okay, I'm doing that now. And then I wait again, and I shoot this exploding dart, and then I kill the guy. And then I wait, and then I go to the next guy. Why aren't you using a lightsaber? (laughs) What the hell's wrong with you? Bounty hunter, man. You know, I don't want to. I didn't want to be the lightsaber guy again. I miss. So. It just it, it, it just bored me to tears. And I know it is supposed to pick up later when you get your companion and do all that. I got to level nine, I think. And it just hit me where just this complete malaise and my shoulders started to get heavy. And I'm just sitting here wanting to just pound my head into the keyboard. And I'm done. I am just done. I can't do it. And I was talking to uh, Todd, talking to Todd, and Todd Todd didn't play Warcraft that much and he dabbled some in middle earth online so he's still sort of new to the mmo thing um and i've played a ton of them i haven't played a lot for the long haul and i with warcraft i will initially always burn out on these games with warcraft i think i got like five or six different characters up to level 45 to 50 and then just stopped Uh you know i never did reach the level uh, cap in warcraft because i just just get burned out because Eventually, it dawns on me that I'm just doing the same crap over and over and over and over again with very little variety, and that I could see myself going down that road in the Old Republic. And I, I just can't do it anymore. I don't have the stomach for it. And so if you what, do it, I'd speed, but man, I can't do it. So what some people, and I think McMaster is counted among these, would consider, and I don't mean this, I, I'm not sneering when I do the air quotes, mm-hmm. I, what some people might consider fun uh, Bill Abner, you were you were experiencing what Kyle S called mind-numbing tedium. Like that's how you're. That's, that's how it's coming across post, to you. That's why his post sort of stuck with me because I understand what you're saying about you know using using that that phrase might not be fair, but that's 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 the feeling that I had when when I was playing. It. Right. Yep. And again, and the MMOs do such a poor job of sort of shattering that fourth wall, which is something I've always had a problem. Oh with. yeah. 
And I'm just tired of it. You know, when, when I go to a junkyard and I'm on this important quest by this guy and I see four other guys doing the same thing, it's just I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I just can't do it anymore. Um, I haven't tried playing as a group. I haven't done that. I don't know how that would change things very much. But just adding all the voiceovers isn't enough for me. Right. Um, I had a I had a buddy tell me, hey, if you liked Warcraft and you and you wanted the quest givers to talk, you're going to love this. <laughs> I, well, yeah, that's true. I need I need more. I need more. I need to feel more engaged, whether it's through the combat like DC Universe Online, or just try something different. This formula is just so by the freaking numbers, and I'm some. It's not just you know. It kind of ties into what the same problems that I'm having with with um, Assassin's Creed. It's like you know, I've. I've experienced this already. I've done this, and just reskinning the game and giving me a blaster and a rocket launcher—not enough. Yep. Not enough. Yep. You know, I'll, I will say, and uh, um, I am working on a review of this, so I'm not going to go too crazy. But uh, I will say, my biggest problem with the game—I think you described—I mean, I like the story parts because I enjoy the story parts of Bioware games to an extent, and I like the. The crazy, like, personal instance stuff that you do. Um, but when I'm outside of that, it's it's really, really freaking tedious. Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of in the halfway point between the two of you. And, Bill, what you're talking about, I feel the complete same way. I absolutely agree with you. But like McMaster is talking about, I can completely understand someone who gets hooked on, you know, other MMOs don't have this emphasis on story and they don't have that Bioware, hey, I'm going to have a relationship with a companion uh, gimmick, uh, which I feel is a gimmick. It's effective for some people, but I see through the tedium of it and it doesn't really work for me. Um, but I, I, like you, Bill, I have no desire to play Old Republic. I did my term of service with the beta, and I, you know, when it came out, I was a little tempted to maybe join McMaster and some of the folks <laughs> from the forum. But I realized I, I didn't want to necessarily play Old Republic. I just wanted to play a game with them. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, and that's so, the same thing with with uh, Todd and I. You know, Todd, Todd's asking to play with with him and his buddy, and I thought about it, and I finally had a time. I was like, man, look, Todd, there's a lot of games we can play together. A lot of and, games we can play together. And that's one of, I think, the big problems with MMOs. I did a post on uh, a site I did for Sci-Fi called Fidget maybe over maybe two years ago about how I felt five ways, and I forget what they were. I remember one of them, five ways that MMOs are broken. And I feel one of the ways they're broken is they're, these, they're social games. They're made for you to play with other people, but it is so difficult to maintain. Like, like if you wanted to play with Todd, you would pretty much have to keep your character at a, at a comparable level yep. to his character. Yep. You would have to make sure you're on the same server. And then what if you've got another circle of friends like me and McMaster who are on a different server? I mean, there's so many obstacles that are thrown in the way of people who want to enjoy these as a social experience. And they even you change know, your friends list based on your character. You know, if it's yeah, not absolutely, count. yeah, yeah. Well, well, actually, Blizzard does buy account now, kind of, but it, that's the I don't know, that's real IDs. But um, anyway, one, th- one thing that uh, didn't Guild Wars do something where you it promoted a character if they were lower level than you? There, there have been some like that. Yeah, I think. There oh was- no, a city, a, a city of Heroes did that, didn't they? Yes, so there have been some games that have had uh, sort of innovative takes on how to do that. And I think City of Heroes had, they might have even called it the sidekick program, where like if right, you yeah. level, it would br- briefly bring you up to a higher level. Uh, that's a great idea. 
That's a great idea. And there's some games like EVE Online where it's all on one, what's called a shard. It's just one server, so everybody's playing in the same universe all the time. Not every game can afford to do that because other games have uh, bigger player bases. Uh, but, but some games do address this brokenness. Uh, but just as a genre, this is so consistently a problem uh, for, for, for these games. Um, and yeah, so Bill, I'm with you. I just have no desire to boot up Old Republic. Now, McMaster, so it's kind of working for you, right? Like you're digging the story. Uh, here's the problem I have. I hit the burnout level pretty quick, too. And like as soon as you hit a grindier part of an MMO, if the actual mechanics of the game get too boring, I start to get really burned out on it fast. And right. I'm kind of like getting there. So I'm going to have to start doing some like group stuff or something because... I don't want to run around doing fetch quests uh, on a, you know, like I'm on this brown planet now, and it's pretty boring. <laughs> and I like, would, even the story, even, you know, even even talk about the whole story thing, you know, MMOs and I think games in general, they, they have to rush through things so quickly. And I mentioned this uh, when I made my post on the, on the blog. Have you guys played the Bounty Hunter? Uh, I played a Bounty, bounty Hunter to level 8. Okay, so you're right around where I was. Yeah. When I hit that wall, I was like, I'm done. Um, but I'm playing a, uh, what is it? I haven't even heard of this race. A Chiss? Is that right? Uh, are they the dudes with the uh, blue skin? Yeah, yeah, I've seen them, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they're supposed to be like Sith allies, I, I think. I'd never heard of them. But uh, anyway, you go there. When, I, when, when you first start playing the Bounty Hunter, and again, you know, spoiler alert, um, it's like the right at the start of the game. Um, you're introduced to like your your trainers, I guess. You know, it's like, hey, you're the new guy, blah blah blah, and we're the yeah. That story starts doing you crazy, stuff, you know. Well, yeah, and I've been. You're supposed to, I guess, be attached to these guys or something. You're supposed to feel because later on, literally about twenty minutes later, you're yeah. everyone's dead. <laughs> oh, everyone yeah. is everyone's dead except for this little Girl. female alien lady who's supposed to. You know, she's been with them forever, and you know, and now you're supposed to get the whole heartstring tugging thing, and you're going to get revenge. I'm like, I don't even know these guys, and and secondly, I'm playing a chiss. I'm supposed to be this complete dick, and I'm I'm supposed to care that these guys are dead. Well, see, that's like one thing that's kind of weird is I've that's played a Bioware. A- thing. That is a bio. That's that's not just an MMO thing. That Bioware is so good at that, trying to force you to feel emotions that just make no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, the thing is, is like, uh, is that the only character you played was the bounty hunter? Yep. yep. Oh, sweet Jesus. Um, well, like, of all the ones I've played, I think the story for the bounty hunter is probably my least favorite. Like, I I really like, uh, because, I don't know, the bounty hunter story just doesn't make much sense to me. It's like you show up, you're like some badass and then everybody's dead but you're still a badass and then i i don't even know what's happening in it and yeah, um it kind of confused me but i mean but this the sith storylines they're pretty simplistic you meet a guy you eventually kill him and take <laughs> his place i mean you know that's all you really have to know <laughs> I, yeah i don't know I, I didn't like the bounty hunting very much i've heard the imperial agent's cool tom really uh, remembered stuff about that so, okay. the, the, you know, I, and I can see if you're into the Star Wars fiction, if you want to 
experience that what's traditionally part of a single player RPG in an MMO, I can see these stories working for people, even if they're even though some might be better than others. Uh, and and there was a, a mild lure there. Like in a way, I'm a little curious about what happens with some of the characters in the Imperial Agent storyline, but not enough to actually want to play the game. I, I sort of feel like there's not enough payoff to play what is really a safe conventional MMO, which is just not something I'm, I'm interested in doing. Let's put it this way: if you took the leveling out of it, and you know, made a not even the leveling, but the level requirement for the story stuff mm-hmm. out of it, uh, I would probably, yeah, I, they wouldn't, of course, keep subscribers, but the game would move a lot better. Right, right. Uh, I did find it was oddly paced. And you know what? I'm going to use yeah. this to segue into what my game of the week is. Like, there, there was a lot of – so you get caught up in the storyline, and then you get the next installment of the story. But in order to level – to be a sufficient level to, to really go into that area and, and start doing those quests, right. the game is expecting you to do some of these filler quests. Uh, so it's a weird compromise between MMO conventions and single-player RPG conventions. And I ultimately feel that uh, – I'm, I can understand some people digging it, but I just don't think it fits. I don't think it goes together. When I'm playing, when I'm playing an MMO, it's a very different kind of experience, and that whole leveling and the gear equipment and the the, the loot chase. That there's just not much room for me to care about a story there. Let me ask you, Tom. Would huh? you feel different about the game if the combat wasn't so Warcrafty? If they had if they had made it more sort of hands on instead of the old same old press button one two three thing. Well, I like you, Bill. I really like DC Universe Online. I like how how consist how it keeps me on my toes. How it does feel like right. an action game. How I'm not waiting on cooldown timers all the time. Uh, I like you know you can play with a controller. You know it, I, yep. I like that that aspect of it. It, it doesn't feel like I'm tapping buttons on my my keyboard it it feels like that you know i'm i'm it feels like i'm playing an action game on a console system so if they had done something like that i might have had more patience with it um uh but i I also i this is my own bag but i don't i don't think the guys at bioware tell the kinds of stories that i think are good (laughs) uh i've never been that fond of bioware's story i think i think it's vastly overrated vastly overrated and they also know what buttons to push kind of like the mmo design thing i recall going to e3 two uh, three years ago i think when they were uh, promoting the original dragon age Mm -hmm. yeah um you know and you go into the big huge booth you know it's all dark and then the guy comes out and you see the trailer and everything and they were talking about the sexual relationships you know like they were talking to a bunch of people at a star trek convention right you know, yeah. and that that type of storytelling, I just sort of put my head in my hands, and it it and it drives me nuts. And well, the fact that Bioware is just lavished with all this praise about the wonderful storytelling, I just don't get it. It it baffles me. And I'll so yeah, you, go ahead. Like for, for me, like the big problem. Other well, I, I will say the melee combat actually does feel better than the range combat. Um, it keeps you on your toes more with a kind of a rage meter kind of thing that you have to build up. Anyway, um, the uh, the thing that I think would kill it for me in the long run is that the side quests aren't unique. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to play a second character through the oh, game... Oh, you've got to do those same quests. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I've done some of those quests like a zillion times, it feels like. So it's like, oh, hell yeah, I, I can't wait to do this crap again. So, you know... Uh, uh. 
sorry. Well, well, here's so here's an example though of where there are a lot of these things that are conventional MMO things, and they work in a in a game that I am playing that I do like. I talked about this a little bit on on uh, the Game Shark podcast last week, but my game of the week, which I've been plugging away at, uh, is Rift. And Rift is, in, in many ways, a conventional MMO model. You know, when you ask Bill, would I be interested in Old Republic if they used a different combat model? Uh, I don't think I would. But oddly enough, Rift has, is that same basic combat model. It's a lot of what you describe as press one to fire my blaster, and then I wait, and then I press two to do a dart, and then I press three to throw a grenade. Now, the problem with that, Bill, and I, you're absolutely right, but what I think you're, what you're missing, what they eventually fold in, is as you go up levels, there's more of a decision process there. You know, well, you, I understand that because Warcraft and you, and you played, the same right. thing, but exactly, I have to get right. there to do it. Right, exactly. There's that, there's that definite game tax you have to pay before you're actually oh, yeah. playing, playing the full game. I'm not game. paying that anymore. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I'll be two months. I'm done, man. So what what happened with me though with Rift is that I had already paid that with Rift. So when I jumped back into Rift, it wasn't what you're describing where where you have to start out in Old Republic. I had a character leveled up and I had all these options in front of me. And the beauty of Rift is that it lets you rejigger your character at will. It's a bit like Guild Wars. And that Guild Wars, you picked, I think it was like 10 cards when you were at your base, and you went out and you did an adventure, and you dealt with this, the, the synergy amongst those 10 cards. And you could maybe go back to base and swap out some of the cards or completely do a new set of cards. Very yeah, and I can't wait for Guild Wars too. I mean, I love those what those guys' approach to MMO development. But what uh, what's very similar in Rift is that you pick one of four classes. You know, it's your, your standard Holy Trinity of gameplay where you've got a, a a warrior tank and a mage DPS and a healer and a rogue, which is like a melee DPS. Uh, you've got those four classes, and you pick one of those. But within each of those classes, there are it's either six or eight subclasses. And at any given time, you have chosen three of those, and you have spent points willy-nilly amongst each of the three trees. There's a unique skill tree in each of those subclasses. So you have all these little building blocks that go into your character build. And any time you want, you can have a couple of these. You can have multiple. You can have up to, I think it goes up to six of these stored up, and you can change them in the field if you want. Uh, so it, it's, it's almost like this Lego set of... Powers and abilities and skills, and it's a lot like the cards in Guild Wars. The cards in, in Guild Wars. So when I jumped back into Rift, I didn't have to do that, you know, relearn my character build, and I also didn't have to do that that early tedium game tax tedium in, in another MMO. Uh, and I'm loving that. I'm loving that I can change out my builds right now when I play. I uh, my my chick is a rogue, and I've got like a standard, and and these are standard MMO things. You know, I've got a pet class where she's got a bow, and she's got all kinds of various attacks she can do with the bow, and she's got various pets she can summon based on uh, different situations. If I just want something to go out there and tear things up, I have a little dinosaur. If I need something to hold aggro, which is a, a contrivance of MMOs, then I have a pig <laughs> that, that holds aggro. Uh, and if I want, I can at any time swap over and make her a little melee fighter where she's got like like poison and elemental bonuses and this whole thing of building up combos and spinning them on finishing moves. Uh, you know, again, standard MMO stuff, but at any given time, I can change how the game plays for me. Uh, and when I group with people, it's completely different as, as well. So I, I really like how Rift does 
the the character stuff. And if I were to play Star Wars Old Republic and just have my one character, and Bill, you missed it, because when you get to level 10, you get to pick one of two subclasses, and each one has a little talent tree. And after seeing Rift, that stuff just looks so Spartan to me. It just there's so few choices yeah, on just, there. Again, you're not you're you're just not selling me. Yeah, well, come on, Bill. When Bill, when you hit tenth level, you can raise your critical hit percentage by one percent. And then when well, you hit eleventh level, you can decide if you want that to go to two percent well, or you can add three to your dexterity. You know that is some serious game design. <laughs> well, to be fair, there's also that. like the flying stuff. There's also instances too. You know uh, the flashpoints. I actually did a few of those. Or did you try any, Tom, when you were doing yeah, anything? Yeah, sure. Well, I love. I mean, I, the, and that grouping stuff. I, I think is a is a is a, a important part of any MMO. Can I quickly get into a group? experience uh, that has a meaningful reward for my character. Uh, and, and certainly Old Republic, World of Warcraft does that, Rift does that. I, I think it's a huge part of enjoying well, an MMO. Yeah. The thing I, I found really interesting about the way Old Republic did it was when you do conversations, you all get to choose your response. <laughs> did you notice that? I did. You know, you get a roll. It's yeah. just like rolling for loot, and whoever rolls highest, his response is the one you get. Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> that was just absolutely awesome. And if you care about the story, that's a great hook. You know what? What you know? When I do this little flashpoint, actually, doesn't that that happens whenever you're grouping whatever the quest, right? That's not just flashpoints. Yeah, right. That's just like it. But uh, and yeah, you can invite people into your personal stories or whatever too. And uh, so it's just uh, uh, they've done some like stuff that's pretty cool that you don't see till later on, and I think that's a shame. Because it, it requires that you go through some stuff that, frankly, some people just won't. Well, as, as you know, McMaster, and as Bill knows, like that stuff that doesn't that that's true of any MMO is the meat of it doesn't come until you're in like twenties and thirties, until you've like paid that game tax and done your first twenty levels. Uh, I, I love the uh, you know like the flashpoints in in Old Republic. Uh, there there are dungeons in Rift. Uh, I love the even when you get jerks. Like, I love the social dynamics of when you are playing on your own and then you get into this weird little social group. Yeah. Uh, I joined a, a dungeon uh, the other day, and, you, you know, when you join a, a dungeon in Rift, there are, I, I think, up to six, uh, five of you. Uh, and each person who joins, because the character builds are so malleable, when you join, you don't decide, you don't say what class you are, you decide what role you want to play because each of the classes are so flexible. So you join as either a tank, a support, a healer, or a DPS. Uh, You know, you pick, here's what I'm going to contribute to this group. So we had a game uh, where the guy who was the tank, um, he was out there tanking, and he was doing fine, and one of the support mages had one of those pigs that draws aggro. So at one point he types in, uh, can you turn off your pig's aggro? Just very simply, he was busy, you know, tanks. That's one of the things I love about MMO is, is uh, you, you know, appreciating the central role of a tank. I, I think to really understand oh, yeah. MMO dynamics, <laughs> it, it's all about the tank. And I, I am scared to death to play a tank. One of these days I'm going to do it. But those guys, they're the ones who all the, have all the pressure to deal uh, with. So this quick yeah. type, can you turn off your pig's aggro? The mage then typed back. And I love that. I mean, this stuff drives me crazy. I, he typed back. You don't tell me how to heal, and I won't tell you how to tank. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. And, started, and they started going back and forth, and they started calling each other, you know, fuckheads or whatnot. And it became, you know, we oh, yeah. started playing the dungeon while these two guys argued. And then oh. finally, finally, the tank guy, who was in the right in the first place, uh, he typed, I don't like your tone, friend, and he quit out. <laughs> so, yeah. 
<laughs> See, that's the big thing. Uh, I've played a lot of World of Warcraft, and, and uh, in those situations, man, if you don't have a tank, you're not playing. Right, exactly. So here we are sitting here staring at each other, and the guy who was the jerk, who was like, you don't tell me how to heal, I won't tell you how to take. He was stuck with us, and he was typing, can you believe that guy? I'm glad he left. <laughs> like he thought- Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> Uh, so that that kind of stuff, it's just it's such a weird thing, you know, we, I, to have to deal with that in, in a in a game. Uh, we had another tank who right off the bat typed, uh, "I like to go fast." Does anyone have a problem with that? <laughs> and we all type, "No, go ahead." And he rushes out and he's grabbing aggro on a bunch of dudes and he dies within literally ten seconds. Like he totally bit off. He went real fast. <laughs> real fast. And then, <coughs> and then he immediately logged off. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so I'm, I, you know, I'm just as far as if I'm going to play a conventional MMO, I really like what Rift has to offer in terms of the character build, in terms of how much stuff is going on in the world. Even though uh, it seems the server populations are pretty low, it is so demoralizing to go onto the auction house and literally see like there, there's nothing in there. There just aren't enough people on my server, which at the time of the game's launch was one of the overcrowded servers. My, my guild even bailed. Is that uh, slowly fading? I don't think it's slowly fading. I think it just needs to. You know, they're doing for the size of that of that uh, developer and and the publisher, Tryon. I, it's doing great for them. Uh, I just hope that they. Uh, what do you call it when you compress the servers? Consolidate. I hope they consolidate the servers. Uh, however, when you do uh, the multiplayer, the, they're called Warfronts, when you do the PvP instances and when you do these dungeons, it matches you, and I think most MMOs do this, it matches you with people from other servers. Um, yeah, a lot of times, yeah. But it really is weird. Like, if I want to, this late in the game, if I want to catch up with crafting and maybe make some money, you know, right now I'm having to, like, save up uh, just trash loot that I sell, and I'm just kill things for gold to make enough to get a mount. Whereas normally I could use crafting in the auction house in an MMO with a healthy economy, uh, but that's just not the case in, in uh, Rift right now. Um, so, but because there's so much activity with the little dynamic instances and the invading armies, I mean, it really feels like it's a, it's an active, busy game. There's so much empty space in Old Republic, and I just have no patience for that. There's constantly something going on in, in Rift, and I, I love that about the game. They also, it's very fast leveling because they're offering all these bonuses for veteran players. Like, you get you get 20 potions, and if you drink it for two hours, you get double experience. You know, I, when I logged on, I had all these fun things. So I'm constantly, like, I'm, like, churning through content so quickly. Uh, you know, I come to a new area, and I do a few quests, and then suddenly I've out-leveled the area, uh, which can be a bit of a drawback. But compared to Old Republic, I'm just moving through content so quickly and seeing new things and getting new cool gear and... Uh, so, so that's my game of the week is uh, Rift, which I'm really digging, and I think, I think I'm going to stick with it to the level cap. I've I've wow. never done that. The only game I've ever done that in is is DC Universe Online, and it doesn't really count because yeah, has, you get to oh, it pretty fast. Yeah, you get to it real fast. Uh, but I never even got to the level cap because I kept scooting it up in Lord of the Rings Online, and I I played the Dickens out of that. So I I suspect that within <laughs> the, the next Dickens, few weeks, the Dickens you say. <laughs> Sorry, was that was that improper? I... No, <laughs> I I loved it. <laughs> All right, so there you go. That's that's my game of the week is Rift. Bill's game of the week because he doesn't love it is Star Wars Old Republic. Where does that leave you, McMaster? Um, 
Leaves me surprised that you didn't say Battlefield Three. Uh, that's not my game of the week. But. I haven't tried. That's the thing is I haven't. I've it freaking riffed, man. That's, a, that's another. Thing. I'm sure you. I'm sure you appreciate this, Bill. One of the reasons I can't play MMOs is because there's such huge time sinks and there's they other are. things to do. There's stuff to do. Yep. So the reason I haven't looked at, I really was psyched to play those new maps on Battlefield Three, and I haven't as much as booted them up once. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my excuse, McMaster. I blame Rift. Um, you know, my game of the week, since I was out of town for quite some time, over the holidays, um, I had my iPad with me as well as my laptop, but every time I'd try to play Old Republic or Dota 2, I would get kicked out every few minutes. So, I downloaded a game to my iPad. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait. Why were you, get, were you, what were you doing to get kicked out? Uh, I was just, like, screaming obscenities. No, I was, uh, the cable modem at my mom's house. Ah. It's on the fritz, so. I see. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, no. Um, and uh, so I downloaded a game called uh, Kingdom Rush, which uh, I'm sure have you guys heard of this, Tom? Or it sounds like a racing game. Kingdom Rush? No. Yeah, like you're racing, you're racing uh, stagecoaches around a castle. Uh, Kingdom Rush Hour. Uh, no, it's um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a tower defense game. Oh, good lord, Master! I'm what? Done. I'm checking out. Oh, I'm <laughs> mentally checking out right now. We've hit, we've hit the tower defense portion of the podcast. But Master, is this Did you want me to choose Dota 2? Is that what you want? <laughs> but Master, was this published by Gameloft? No. Oh no, no. Kingdom Rush uh, was a game that actually was really popular on um, just the regular uh, iPod. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's just a it's a tower defense game that's uh, that offers achievements and like a skill tree. Uh, you build different towers that sometimes have troops. That's what's interesting about it because these are like troops that hang out and around the road, etc., and block stuff. So like you can upgrade your guys to paladins and. Uh, all right, you, yeah, you don't care, do you? No, actually, Neither- you know what? So I don't. I don't know about you, Bill, but I, when you start describing, when you say tower defense, I'm like, oh, it's going to be terrible. But actually, when you start describing, when you said skill tree, McMaster, my ears perked up. When you said troops that that, that mess around or whatever you said they do, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of curious now. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm really? not curious. Do you not like tower defense, Bill? I really don't. What's the I really, really okay, don't like I want to check. What's the best tower defense game you've ever? Let's say Bill, that someone puts a gun to your head and they're like, Bill Abner, you must play a tower defense game. What tower defense game are you going to pick? Ah, uh, um, this might be a very strange choice. Um, there was a game on the DS with little ninjas. What? What is this? Is this a fever dream or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. This was a game that Danielle recommended to me a couple years oh, ago. Of course. Um, no, she's a tower defense guru. She absolutely adores the genre. And uh, it was a little ninja ninja town. That's it. Ninja town on the DS. That actually, actually sounds very – I don't know anything about it, but it sounds really cute. I, I mean, it is. It is very, it up, very right. cute. These guys these, – these monsters come and try to steal the ninja's cookies. Now it sounds like it's for kids. <laughs> you no, made it go. Okay. No, 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 it's not. It's not. It's not. It it, it, it gets very challenging. At least well, for me, <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. Um, so McMaster, no, there's a, and there's a lot of different ninjas, and they do different things, and okay. uh, yeah. McMaster, back me up on this. I'm about to tell Bill something, and I want to know. I, I want to know if you're going to agree with me on this, Bill. Right. There are good tower defense games, and I guarantee you that if you were to pick up. 
I'm not going to guarantee you. I strongly okay. Okay. recommend to you that if you were going to pick up one called Dungeon Defenders, oh, that's good. It, it would work for you. It, it would be an example of this is how far tower defense games have come. These are the kinds of things they do these days, and here's a great example of, of, of a game that does those things. So I, I think you just maybe haven't met the right tower defense game yet, Bill. Possibly. That's, okay. great, that's quite. I think that's the one that Jason didn't you review that for, yeah. for me. Okay, I and, so. and, and when I when I when I edited the review, at least the words I could make out. Um, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> um, I'm just playing. Uh, it, it it did sound interesting, but again, when I hear tower defense, right? It, I you know I I am admittedly. Not an expert, so maybe I should give that a whirl. Well, there are so many that are so unremarkable, so it, it's really a problem. So, McMaster, so this Kingdom Rush thing, so uh, uh, it's an is it an older game? Yeah, they, I believe it is, and they just released like an HD version for iPad, but it also they have an iPod release. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's like you have uh, the standard, you know, of course, path where the monsters come from, etc. They have a few warp places, that kind of thing. They they go in one uh, direction, uh, and you have certain places you can put towers. But each tower, there are four different types: uh, magic, uh, cannon, um, well, you play warrior or whatever, and uh, archer. And they can be upgraded to two different advanced towers. I mean, they can be upgraded a few times and then to an advanced towers. And, and then that's, you have, that's the tree you're talking about, those upgrade paths? To an extent, but you also earn stars as you go through the game. Like, you get three for doing a, like getting over a certain amount of your 20 points left, you know, or whatever. Um, and those stars, you can purchase perks. On your, ah, I like this. Like, I love. Yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but I love perks. Oh, you'll like this too. <laughs> in, in tower defense, or in the the towers themselves, once you get them, like I purchase your advanced tower, uh, you can purchase powers for that tower. Then they're they're like the say, for instance, if you have warriors and it does like put like a few warriors on the path that actually block things and do damage, and you can like upgrade them to you know have spiked armor, etc. And uh, you can choose between axe uh, throwing barbarians or paladins, mm-hmm. and the paladins can heal themselves, and they can ha- they have like higher armor, and they can do like a area of effect attack, and you have to buy you know levels using your gold in each of these, and the the you know the barbarians can throw their axes or use double axes and all this crazy stuff, and each tower has a bunch of options like that that makes it kind of unique. Now, McMaster, did you ever play a, a little iPod tower defense game called Defender Chronicles? No, actually. Okay, because that that's going to be a, a tough act to follow for me as far as like iPad or iPhone uh, tower defense games, and it had a full RPG system. And you know, when you describe what you're describing, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but what makes it different or better than than uh, Defender Chronicles? Uh, so, well, uh, uh, you know, it's a Chilingo game, right? Yes, it is. it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Bill, when uh, at one point I was on uh, your podcast, and I think it was Todd was talking about, I think it was Brandon talking about a game called Spell Tower, and I was like, "Ooh, that sounds yeah, 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 that sounds like a tower defense game, and you cast spells, and you've got towers that you build." And it turns out that it was some word game. Word game, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, of course. That's where my yeah. and that's where my eyes glazed over while they were still talking about a tower de- when I thought it was a tower Playing defense ball. game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so. All right, so McMaster, and you're blaming that on your mom's cable modem. 
Yes, yes. Right. I, I watched a lot of The Wire on my iPad and played a lot of Kingdom iPad Wars. games. Right. Scribble Knots was also up there, but everybody knows Scribble Knots. Uh, Bill, are you are in, in your burning hatred for all things rated highly on Board Game Geek? No, that's not. Hang on, hold on. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yes, you did. I did not say that. All I said was that you have to be very, very careful because you have to know what type of site that that is. And Board Game Geek is very heavily slanted towards the Euro game. Bill, I just trolled you. Did you really? (laughs) No, because I know. I know. Because I I agree with you 100%. Like, to to look at the highly rated things on on Board Game Geek, a lot of times I'm like, what? Really? Yeah, Uh, yeah, they have a very different, definite uh, sort of style to them. um, But so what what I want to ask you about is one of the really highly rated games, and I'm not mistaken, this is consistently in like the top five or something, uh, Tigris and Euphrates. How how do you feel about Tigris and Euphrates? It is... uh... I I I own it. it. I own the game, and I've never played the game. I have it, and I got it in in a trade several years ago. And it that's just I guess the you kind of roll the dice when you when you trade for games because it didn't have all the rules in it. And I have not since went and downloaded it. Although Barnes uh, gave me a gift receipt thing for um, for the iPad for Christmas for the new version that's on uh, on on the App Store. And, that's and right. I want to try it. I really want to try it. Because uh, now the guy that makes that game that that is supposed to be his like crowning achievement. Uh, I think Nizia, it's I think uh, Rainier Nizia, Rainier, That's like his. Rainier, yeah, that's like his yeah. big game. Because he's he's made, he's made like a million games. freaking yes, games. Yes, and eighty percent of them are crap. Yeah. But there's that twenty percent like raw. Raw's a great game. Sure. Uh, very oh, yeah. good. The rest are like Smigris and Rufrates. Yeah. It it's just he he makes all these games and it's just they're just cash outs. You know what I mean? I mean sure. he's made so many of those. So Tigers and Euphrates, I don't I think it's probably his best known and in a way it's sort of the the most typical like if you had to sum up Rainer Kinesia in one game, Tigers and Euphrates does a good job of doing it. And that it's so abstract, it's it's very it's really light. Good. It's very lightly coated with some atmosphere that you can take it or leave it, right. uh, and it's really cerebral. Like I, I'm, I would love to see you play it, and I, I'm guessing, Bill, you would. I think I'm guessing you would hate it. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> well, for, I'm for, not against. I don't. You know that that is the thing. I mean, I am not biased against Euro games. I'm not no, biased no, against I, like 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 tile laying game, which is what that is. I don't. I don't mind that. I'm not. It's just. just I know, no, I, and I, because I, I'm, I, I hate it myself. Like I, I respect it, but I do not want to play it. Every time I sit down and think I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this another shot, it, it breaks. What my, is it about it? Tell me. I'm, uh, I'm very curious. It is such an intricate, weird system that requires an eye for, for these inscrutable patterns that I simply cannot see. Oh, oh yeah, they already have it either. And until it already happened, and basically the game has crumbled, and I've been locked out, or it's a game that if I ever win, it will be accidentally. Yeah, uh, that sounds how like I, yeah. that's how I would do it too. I'm I'm yeah. not good at those types of games generally. But I do think, I mean, as uh, as this sort of shining example of what Rainer Kinesia does, I think it's something that I look forward to you giving a shot. I think you absolutely should try it. I'm just I'm just yeah, getting, I want to. Like, I really you, want you to. Would hate it. And McMaster and I raised this because McMaster, I know you got that in on your on your iPad. Yeah. Uh, oh, how is it? How is the 
Barnes loved it. He said it was really good. I, I really like it, too, yeah. It's a great... How, is, how good is it at teaching you the game? Because that's something that I will have... It's actually really good. Because, you know, And I've played a, a, like quite a few iPad board games at this point because I'm crazy. And, uh, like, yeah. I just... Uh, God, Jesus. Like, Small World was, like, the worst tutorial ever. And Tigris is actually one of the better ones. Well, the Small World app is awful. It uh, really is. I wanted to like it because it looks nice, and I like can't that they have more than two people. Yeah, and that's and that's well, really it's terrible. Not a two-player game. It's not a two-player game. The, the right, problem because you just kind of wipe. One person wipes the board, and then another person wipes the board. <laughs> another, you know, it's just ridiculous. Uh, the problem with the Tigris game, the Tigris game on the iPhone as a sort of a teaching tool, is that. It's difficult to make the the AI dumb enough to where you won't lose all the time. I, I don't know about you, McMaster, but I, uh-huh. I I just again the game complete. It's almost like an RTS where I know what to do early on, and then it completely falls apart once it gets challenging. Uh, so I can right. I can lay down. I can like set up what I think is a strategy in Tigris, and like okay, I'm going to do this, and he's doing that, and oh, I see what he's doing, and I'm going to counter with this, and then I'm going to do this, and then oh god, I just lost. That's absolutely how my games go too. It's like, and I always get like three or four of the or like whatever. Just I'm missing one of the numbers from Uh, like being on level. I'll have like twenty and everything, and like seven. The the secret to playing it, the secret to playing it, is playing it with also with people who aren't as good as you and who may not. Understand sure. it, and, and you can't do that with the AI opponents because it's very chess-like. Like the AI can do stupid things on the lower levels, and it won't be aggressive. But once the rubber hits the road, and you're having direct conflict, the AI just won't do stupid. Like the AI will do the right thing, like a human player who understands the game should do. And at that point, for me, it falls apart. So one of the reasons I brought it up, McMaster, is because I wanted you and I to play. And what I found out. Uh, because I think that I'm on your level, McMaster. I think you and I could have an interesting oh, yeah. game of Tigers and Euphrates. It would just be a matter of who screws up first. <laughs> and then, you know, I'd love to get in on that. And here's the problem, though. And this this just irks me to no end. Uh, so I bought it, and it's great, except that you have to have iOS 5.0 to play multiplayer. And oh, I, is that my, what the problem was? That's what the problem is. My silly oh, little wow. 2.0 iTouch huh. thing doesn't go above version 4.03. Like, whatever that new iOS 5.0 is, I can't install it on my system, so I can play Tigers and Euphrates single-player, but I, I can't access the silly multiplayer part because of an operating system problem. Why don't you just get, like, one of Andy Bates, like, 15 iPads or whatever, and... Well, I do. That. I'm at the point like that's one of the, the many things now where I can't, where I feel like I'm locked out of cool stuff on the iPhone. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a matter of time. Uh, but yeah. when that happens, McMaster. I'm taking you down, and Bill, we want you in on this action. I would very much like to do that. Um, real quick, speaking of board games on the on the iPad and iPhone, have you guys played the Neuroshima Hex app? Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no I oh. have not actually. That's wonderful. Jason, you should try that. That's a really, really right. good game. By the way, actually, Bill, that's another one that I, I play. It's similar to how I feel about Tigers and Euphrates, but I like the flavor enough that I keep beating my head against it. But the way Neuroshima Hex unfolds for me is that same thing. I said, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and he's going to do that, and then I'm going to do this, and oh, God, I just lost. <laughs> I'm, actually pretty, I'm actually pretty good at that. I'm actually pretty good at that. I really enjoy that. Uh, yeah, that's a fantastic port of a really good game. Yeah. Yep. You know, a game that I've really liked so far, uh, speaking of board games, is uh, the, the Elder Signs one. 
Oh, uh, I don't think it'll run on my freaking stupid eye. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go in there and where is that thing? If it was in here, I would step up right now to force myself. That's that dice-based Cthulhu mythos thing? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, oh, I so want to play that. Shut up. <laughs> well, if you had one of these, we could just play all the time. Like, ha, 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 laughing and having fun. Oh, I hate both of you. Wait, actually, Bill, do you, do you play this? Because I won't hate you if you've never played it. No, I know of it, but no, I've not played it. Yeah, if you know of it, I hate you. I do know of it. <laughs> uh, we're actually playing, um, I'm playing a lot of claustrophobia right now, although it's like like actual tabletop, not not uh, digital. You know, Bill, okay, so, uh, Bill, I have a bone to pick with you. Yeah. Oh, no. Yep, yep. <laughs> you ready to get an earful from me? Uh, yeah, hit me. Okay, first of all, at first I was like, okay, he's going to do top ten board games of the year, even though they're not out for, for this year. That's okay, I guess. You know, he's picking the games that he discovered this year. Right. Your article on high scores. Sure. Fair enough. Okay, that's not the bone I have to pick with you. I thought it was going to be, but then I got to the end of your list. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, and plus, I love Endeavor, even though I think you booted Endeavor off, like, retro a few days ago. Yeah, sorry. No, to, you'd already submitted the list. It can't be changed. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Okay. Is, you, I, if I... Remember correctly, I don't know what claustrophobia is, and from reading what you wrote, I still don't know what it is. Uh, really? What did okay, you... maybe I maybe I didn't describe the game that. I, mean, I, I think it was sure. one of those things where you were writing to people. I, I think you were some of it, at least the claustrophobia part. It sounded like you were writing to people who already knew what it was. You already knew what it was. Okay, and I saw sure. the title claustrophobia, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to read what the deal is with this thing. And then I get to All the right. paragraph, and I'm like, well, I still can't wait. <laughs> I, right. No, it's a it's a dungeon crawl. It's uh, it's it's uh, takes place in the universe called Hell Dorado. I forget who did that or what it is. It's, I think it might, might be a comic or something. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not interested in that at all. But it's basically the good guys against the uh, demons. You're in hell and you're trying to escape. And Those it's, a, jerks. it's a it's a light rules. Um, again, I'm trying to think of comparisons. Dungeon crawl game stuff like Space Hulk. Uh, stuff descent, like, I uh, think. like descent. Yeah, really yes, game. absolutely. Right. But you know how descent is just bogged down with rules. You can play a game of claustrophobia in forty minutes. Let me and try this. I, so yeah. claustrophobia is to descent as eclipse is to Twilight Imperium. No, eclipse oh. has a little has, has still has a lot of meat. This is okay. this is a very fast game now. If you're familiar at all with the new D&D releases, like Ravenloft and all those games, yeah. those, to me, way too simple. Those are almost boringly simple. Claustrophobia is not quite like that, but it's not as detailed and not as rules-heavy as Descent. And really fun. Really is it fun one of those game. things where one person is like the overlord and the other players are against him? Is it that kind of deal? No, like- it's a two-player game. Two players, period. That's it. Oh, one, ooh, I like one, that. Yeah, one one player plays usually anywhere from three to five other uh, characters, and they're and also pre-painted miniatures, which is nice. I like that. Um, oh. And then then one one player plays the minions of hell. And are That's you doing it. scenarios? Like, is it like yep. descent where you look up? I don't know how I feel about that, but you're okay with that? Like, you think the scenarios? No, the scenarios are all very simple. It's all like uh, you. Again, it's, none of this stuff is is super rules heavy. And the scenarios are all very, very basic. It'll it'll tell you how many guys that you start with and any special rules that are involved, and then you're off, and off you go. And they released an expansion in 2011, which I haven't gotten yet, although I, I certainly want to. Okay. Well, very that makes good. That I understand now, because I actually even peered oh. at the picture. And I was like, what's going on there? What is that? <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, I didn't even realize that when I did that. I have to go back and look at it. 
Right. No changing your list, by the way. You can't go back now and change your list. Well, see, uh, the thing about Endeavor, I didn't dislike Endeavor. I liked it, but this is how I get with Euro games. I, if I play them enough, initially, I'm done. Right. Because because they get all pattern based, and when you're always playing with the same people, you always know what the pattern's going to be. Ah. So I, I have played Endeavor enough with my group to know that I'll never play it again, because you, we we'll all just do the same stuff over again. Right. There's those opening moves with what buildings yep. you get first. Uh, okay, Bill, here's my advice for you. Uh, get new friends. Get new friends. Yes, there, there, there is that. There is. <laughs> you know, it's weird how, you know, being in the Columbus area that, you know, I never go to Origins. It's odd. You know, right. I never do. That's it, a board know, gaming like, convention? Yeah, yes. it's actually a pretty big one. I think yeah, it's like it's, it's not as big as Gen Con. No, it's but, not. It's, uh, but it's, uh, it's large. I mean, I've it's been to a, it. Not a big convention guy. I mean, especially with board games, it's one thing to get online and play a game on on the Xbox or the PC with with strangers. But if I'm playing a board game, it's just hard for me to do that. No, you're talking about you know getting new friends and stuff. It, well, it's hard to go to a convention to meet other board gamers because once you sit down and you're committed to playing a game and you're sitting around with a bunch of dicks, you know what do you do? <laughs> you, can't just, you can't just turn off the Xbox. You know? Oh, Bill Abner, the stories I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of these days I will I will go to Gen Con with you. I need to say, I just need to go to Gen Con with you. Uh, I I foresee a road trip in y'all's future. It's a, it's a short one, but it'll be like a buddy comedy kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there. Uh, Jason McMaster, you will be played by uh, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> I, I'll take it. Bill Abner, this movie with him the other day. Ah, uh, what was it? Just, um, give me him. Harry, what was the name of the movie? Do you remember? With, That's uh, with- the. Visioneer, the Visioneer. Yes, Visioneer. <laughs> Did you like how I guessed the the strange Zach Galifianakis? Uh, he was fantastic in that. I didn't like the movie itself, but I love that guy, and he did like a kind of a serious part. It wasn't typical what? Zach Galifianakis. No, it was yeah, I like him quite a bit. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. Bill Abner, how on, how on earth did you end up watching something obscure like Visioneer? Where did that come from? Netflix. You were just like browsing, like yeah. No, this is all my wife. My wife just, I, ah. I kind of sat down and then, and she's watching this movie. She's like, "What is this?" She she said, "I have no idea what this is." So we just started watching it. It, I, I seeing that made me think. I wish someone would give Zach Galifianakis like another, like a serious role in a in a actual cool movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so all right. Uh, but yeah. No, no, now McMaster. You you, up, so it, you know, I did. You're right. You're right. Uh, McMaster, now you have to recommend an obscure movie for our listeners. Um, did I have I already recommended Reuben and Ed? Let's see. Yeah, I, I think I did. That's a Christian Glover movie. Um, hmm. Um, you know, the only thing I've watched recently that no one's heard of is there was this. Uh, I, I was bored on Netflix one night, and uh, there was this Dragon Crusaders movie. Looked like a sci-fi joint. That's a pretty good one. So watch that. Dragon Crusaders. Okay, I'm putting <laughs> yeah. you down for that. Dragon it, it was terrible. And I also recommend while you watch Dragon Crusaders that you play Kingdom Rush on your iPhone. Yes. Uh, okay. These names are killing me, Jason. And, and now I am going to recommend a little movie called Mission Impossible 4. It's a little it's tiny thing. For real? I loved it. Yeah, I, I had quite a good time with it. It's, I I mean, Mission Impossible movies are pretty good if you if, at what they do. Yeah. I mean, they're just like, you know, ridiculous action fests. Yeah. 
So, all right, there are movie recommendations. You have our game recommendations. Uh, that's lots of what stuff. What is this road trip? I, I, I must have. Oh, oh right, right. Okay, so this oh. is we're gonna we're gonna do a movie about this, Bill Abner. <laughs> uh, the two of you, one of you okay. is like the wacky guy. The other of you is the straight laced family man, Bill Abner. You go closer to the ladder, right? Uh, McMaster, you're the wacky one. Uh, McMaster, you will be played by Zach Galifianakis. Bill Abner, in the movie, your part will be played by Robert Carlyle doing an American accent. What do you think of that? <laughs> For a while. <laughs> okay. And what's going to happen is this is going to be about two buddies that don't see each other very often, and they're going to go to a board gaming convention, and shenanigans will then ensue. Ensue. Okay. Yep. And we're going to call the movie, you ready for the title? Bored Silly. Except, except, uh, wait, hold on, McMaster. I'm sorry. Bored is spelled B-O-A-R-D, like a board game. What? Do you see what I did there? Oh, that's what happens when you live in Hollywood. You come up with stuff like that, like I just did right there off the top of my head. What do you think of that? Really crafty. I like (laughs) it. Yeah. All right, you guys both get producer credits, just so you know. Oh, thank God. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right, so that is this week's Quarter to Three podcast. A lot of stuff for you to chew there. Uh, before we go, I want to ask you, we all suck at promoting ourselves, and that is hopefully where you come in. Uh, Bill, so- we're talking directly to Bill Abner, <laughs> not the audience. I hope you're not talking to me. <laughs> No, we suck promotion, Bill, so we need you to go out there and hit the streets. Actually, Bill, you, you do that whole Twitter thing, so that's like promotion. You're probably even on Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. Facebook? Uh, technically. Okay. So that's that's like promoting stuff. Oh, like yeah, that. I looked at your Facebook the other day. <laughs> uh, my only uh, my only exposure to Twitter is that sidebar on no high scores. <laughs> like that's, how, that's how I see what people tweet. Uh so if you're listening to this, because I am so uh, backwards at all this fancy social networking stuff, and I'm doing the same air quotes I do when I say the word fun, uh, I ask that you please rate us on iTunes uh, or like us on Facebook or do those little Twitter things for us if there's some provision for that. I don't know how that works. Uh, but if you could do that, uh, me and Jason McMaster and Bill Abner would deeply appreciate it. But more importantly, if you are listening – my my more important request to you is please join us sometime. Uh, we are open to anyone who wants to be on the podcast. All you need are your picks for a game of the week, a news story of the week, and a post of the week from anywhere on the Internet. Uh, McMaster and me, we are only two-thirds of the equation here. So we need you listening to fill in the slot that Bill Abner occupied today. Uh, so drop me a line at tomchick at quarter to three dot com if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, and we'd love to have you. So, uh, have you guys had Barnes yet? Have you guys had Mike on the show? We have no. not, but he doesn't do podcasts. He has a family. He has a new baby, right? He's been on our show twice, I think. He's huh. really good. Oh, no, I will. I've been it, on with him. I uh, I've gone I've gone toe to toe. Oh yeah, you guys. That was the Metro show. That's right. I think right. I won. No, I don't know. That was pretty close. <laughs> no, I love I love talking to Barnes. He's great. Uh, so, Michael Barnes, if you're listening, quarter to three. Tom Chick at quarter to three dot com. Send me an email. Uh, or anyone else listening, uh, and we'd love to have you. So uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by Jason McMaster, whose game of the week is not Star Wars Old Republic. No. And Bill Abner, who uh, is really into uh, women's basketball. Do I have that right? (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, And so, by the way, do you know what, do you know what, uh, I know this is a little little trivia for you, do you know what this 
this bill right here. You know what that is? Yeah, that's oh, the uh, that's the national basketball theme. I looked it up just for you. I was like, here's, here's um, for Bill. Me. You're killing me. <laughs> Shit. Not American man I know. <laughs> by the way, by the way, just 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 for the yeah. record, you know, uh-huh. I miss I miss the whistling of our of our theme music for our podcast. Oh, yeah, that's that that's that see you guys could have this on your podcast, but no, you've got like a little it makes me think of some old man sitting on a porch whittling a stick and just that's whistling us. and he's smoking yeah. a cob pipe. That's, yeah. that's you've met. See we we have fanfare. Like this is this is American fanfare, Bill Abner. This is like Apple Pie and God and Duke Nukem loves this stuff. <laughs> All are true. Epic ending.